They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another day, another week of Generation X Gaming, the weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. I'm your host, 30, and still gaming, and joining me each and every single week, co-host, Sarge McCluskey. What's going on, bro? Is my mic working? Your, your mic make is it? working. First 10 seconds, I made it. We're, we're good. We're good. All right. Uh, Generation X Gaming is a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. We're live every single Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern right here on YouTube and Twitch simultaneously. If you're watching on any of the platforms, we do appreciate you very much. If you're watching after the fact or listening after the fact, if on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, or Anchor.fm, we do appreciate you uh, very much. Uh, make sure you hit that. Uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. Uh, if you'd like to help us in any way, shape, or form, you can hit the subscribe button, which is absolutely free. On Twitch, it's this, the follow button. If you'd like to go above and beyond that, you can hit the subscribe button over on Twitch. Use your Twitch Prime sub or on YouTube as little as 99 cents. 99 cents. Not many things are 99 cents anymore, Sarge, in this world. But 99 cents can help us out and you become a member of our uh, a little little crew here, a little community here on our side of the Internet. Okay. Uh, as little as 99 cents for YouTube. All right. On today's show, Sarge, we have we're going to be talking about PlayStation Game Pass. We're going to be talking about uh, EA's COO says problematic gaming executives, and we're going to uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to be talking about games as the title of this episode is called DOA, DOA games. Okay, dead on arrival, or as as Sarge said before the show, we should call it B B uh, B O A, which is Vagoded on arrival. Um, we have a couple of games that haven't been talked about, but talked about not talked about and we don't know anything about them but we have dragon age 4 we have skull and bones we have beyond good and evil 2 and we have the next mass effect game so there's a lot of games that are in the pipeline and we'll talk about those in a little bit uh gearbox entertainment might be doing a another live service game or not a new live service game i shouldn't say they're doing another live service game uh assassin's creed valhalla made a lot of money and we're gonna guess what that money is Okay, we have Halo TV series. We talked about it for the last couple weeks. Got another story to talk about this week about it. In our NFT uh, No Fucking Thanks segment, we have uh, two stories. We have $1.7 million NFT stolen. And then we also have GameStop tries to claim internal fears about NFTs. Uh, we also have PlayStation uh, is cutting content detailed from Martha is Dead. It's a horror game. It's out for all systems, but PlayStation uh, has a problem, or Sony has a problem with it. We have <clears throat> we have a guy, a kid, a man, a boy, whatever you want to call it, such a Spider-Man fan that he created a mod for Spider-Man, but for mobile phone. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. We're going to be talking about Capcom accused of adapting a $80 stock image for Street Fighter VI logo. I talked about this earlier on my stream this week, uh, posted a video that launched at 6 o'clock this evening on that as well. So go watch that. We'll talk about that with Sarge here. 
Uh, Call of Duty. We're going to be talking about Call of Duty. We're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and Square Enix not happy with the, uh, or un 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 underperformed, per se. We're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed. We're going to be talking about EA, Android Wilson. We're going to talk about Android Wilson and, and him and FIFA. And then we're going to be talking about Activision uh, and Activision payout. Um, and uh, a bunch more. Well, I'm sure we'll rant. We'll rant along the way. <clears throat> so that's all on the docket today, Sarge. Uh, have you, have you done anything as far as, uh, what have, what have you been playing? Have you played anything? No, man. Uh, honestly, a lot of reading. Um, just work's been really busy. I, I've been watching a lot of videos on Elden Ring. I watched a lot of, uh, guys played it. Sarge I'm thinking, muted. I'm thinking, I was making faces before, Krebsy. I didn't want to interrupt him. Um, mostly for the show today, uh, I did a lot of research on Elden Ring because I knew that was going to be a big part of the big part of the show. So nothing, I haven't been able to play anything. Anytime, anytime I start playing anything currently, I've been so busy at work that I just fall asleep with the controller in my hand, which is horrible. I haven't played a lot of anything. Um, I wanted to dive back in. I actually, I played a little You're bit playing of the shit out of Lost Ark. What are you talking well, about? No, no. I, well, I, I other games. I've I haven't played a lot of other games. I played a little bit of Minecraft Dungeons with my son. Uh, we we jumped back into a little bit of No Man's Sky to check out the Sentinel update last week. Um, but so minute, maybe an hour in Minecraft Dungeons, maybe an hour in uh, No Man's Sky. Uh, what I what I've been really playing is Lost Ark. And uh, so far, my excursion of Lost Ark, I have 110 hours uh, in two weeks and 16 days uh, with the game. And I'm absolutely loving it. I know, and this I've never said this before in my entire life, Sarge, as a gamer that's been playing games since I was three years old and picking up my first MMO probably when I was like, what, 14, 15? Okay. <clears throat> I... And not going to be playing this MMO like I've played any other MMO in my entire life, right? I know, f like, right from the start that I'm playing this super casual, okay? I'm not going hard for any kind of raids or anything like that. Uh, I'm literally playing through the story, and I'll casually level up my characters. And if I drop it six months from now or five days from now, like, I've enjoyed it so much at the time I've been playing it but I don't I don't want to play an MMO where I can't see my you know like when you go into it hard into an MMO okay you miss things like your children like, growing up like life like life right and I am 100% loving this game okay but I am not going to go hard into this thing like I did a destiny or like I did anything I just as a person that's 43 years old right now I just don't see myself like, I enjoy it. I really, really like it. But I don't see myself diving in uh, and doing, like, staying up till well, 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, just just be honest. Uh, your, your age is a factor number one, right? And and the going hard for an MMO, like, I, I've had many years of going hard with MMOs. I, in those days, you're done. Yeah. Like, for, for, for me to go hard on a game, it better be one hell of a game. Like I see Elden Ring, and if I was, if I was in my twenties, and you gave me Elden Ring, you wouldn't see me. Right. Like right. I, I know for a fact, if I was twenty something and you gave me Elden Ring, pretty much write me off. You probably won't see me till like the, the end of spring. Right. Right. Like that kind of thing. But it's just 
we don't have the time. And that's all it is. Right. It's it's got it's, nothing it's, to do with you liking a game or yeah. not. It's got to do with life invests more time. You have to invest more time in life than you do in your recreational activities. Well, and I I can't get involved last, in some of these games because I because I know what it takes right. last to get involved week, in the game. Last week I was playing, and on Friday this past week, before the weekend, I was playing the game. And I started, I, I got to level 50 and I started doing chaos dungeons and I started doing stuff, right? And then I started leveling up stuff. And there's a, there's a fail rate, Sarge, right? So right now I'm level 10 on all my gear and I have to get to level 15 on all my gear to get to level 600. Okay, every time I level up, I go up 3.3% on my, on my weapons, okay? So right now I'm at 49, uh, I'm at 496.6 or 0.7 or whatever it is, okay? And the next gear I upgrade with my stones that I get, I go up to 500. I got to get up to 600, meaning I got to take all my gear that I have, my weapon and my, all my pieces, up to level 15 to get to level 600 gear score so that I can then continue with the main storyline, okay? Before I even got to this point... It's a, it's a, it's a gear check. Yeah, before I... And I'm not, I'm not complaining about this in any way, shape, or form, right? Before I even got to this, I started doing the, the end game stuff, and I was like, this is going to take me forever. Like, we're talking as a casual, free-to-play, mind you, free-to-play, casual player. I only play like four, maybe five hours. I'm putting a lot of time in now because the game just came out. I have 110 hours in, in, in two weeks, okay? But holy Christ, like, I will never get to I will never get to end game as far as the end boss for the raid. I will never get my max gear for my character with one character, okay, the way I play. Now, with alts and other things, right? Yeah, sure, you can get there. Sure, you swipe a card and you can get there, okay? Faster. But just playing casual like I am and just playing through the story, there's no way in hell I'm going to get there, and I'm okay with that. So that's why I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm okay with the one character. I'll make five characters. I will. I'll play through the story five times or get up to the level five times and play in raids and and, and uh, chaos dungeons and abyssal dungeons and all this other stuff. But it's just, I, I, I don't want to say I've, I've lost the spark. It's just I don't have the time. I just don't have the time. That's what it is. Right? It's, just, it's just what it is. And then on you top of that. have the time. On top of that, I, I like Elden, uh, Elden Ring. Okay. I've been watching it. I've never played a Souls game, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll play it. I still have Guardians of the Galaxy I haven't played yet, and now I'm thinking about buying a $60 game that I don't know if, you know, if I'll have time to play it. That's, that's the scenario I'm in, right? That's the scenario I'm in. So that's what I've been playing. I've been playing Lost Ark, loving it, loving it, okay? But uh, at the same time, I, I'm just not going to be playing it like I was when I, when I uh, played Destiny, you know, eight hours a day and stuff. So... That's what we've been playing. Uh, let me get to uh, the top stories. Where's my top stories thing here? All right, top stories, Sarge. All right. So the top stories. Story number one. We have PlayStation Game Pass competitor Project Spartacus details leaked by an insider. New leaked details regarding PlayStation Game Pass competitor uh, hit and how the Sony plans to differentiate itself uh, with its service. 
Now, PlayStation Alternative, Xbox's increasingly popular Game Pass subscription service, has been seamlessly inevitable for some time now. Now that the plans are unofficially confirmed that leaked details regarding the PlayStation Project Spartacus spread, Spartacus has said it include both PlayStation Plus and PlayStation uh, Now in three different tiers of subscriptions. This just sounds convoluted already, Sarge. Now, even with more information regarding PlayStation Spartacus, plans have been leaked, including what made the key way Sony plans to make Spartacus different. Now, Game Beats Jeff Grubb shares with us the latest Spartacus details in recent episode of Giant Bomb Show. Time out, time out, time out. Is is Spartacus the name of their Game Pass? It's the it's the proto like the the working I, name. It's, it's okay. The, it's the, do, it's do you know what kind of memes are going to start yeah. if Spartacus stays the name? You know this. You understand Spartacus. what happened? Right. To start, Grub is uh, reconfirms that Spartacus will be broken up into three different tiers, and the tiers will retain the PlayStation Plus branding, but with additional labels, Essential, Extra, and Premium. These tiers will be then be priced around $10, $13, and $16 a month, respectively. What each tier includes is where things get interesting. Now, the 10 Plus PS Plus Essential tier is set to what P uh, PS Plus is currently. It supports multiplayer game access and a small co uh, collection of monthly games that subscribers keep so long as it remains subscribers for thir uh, uh, remain subscribers. For $13, subscribers gain access to the catalog of video games akin to Xbox Game Pass. Grub characterizes this PlayStation library of games, but without the cloud requirements. And then the $16 premium subscription includes all prior features, as well as PlayStation Now cloud streaming, game trials, and, and the most... Ex uh, ex Existing access to special reserve classic games. Okay. So they're 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 below and above the pricing, just like we said they were well, gonna be. Also, they're making you get it. If you want online access, you have to get the minimum access of ten dollars, right? So exactly what the class games implies is entirely not clear yet. Either that the game trials, it's uh speculating that the library of classic games could perhaps be a keen to Nintendo's library of classic games, including the uh, it's Nintendo Online and Expansion Pass subscription. Games from previous console generations that are no longer available except through subscription service. This could also certainly grab some subscribers' attention. Now, as for the game trials, it, it, it perhaps uh, herks on back on the Xbox Game Pass' biggest strength. Game Pass delivers day one first-party releases to subscribers for no extra charge. Now, PlayStation may be unwilling to go that far as it is Nintendo's offering game trials instead of the one option. Players could also try out the God of War Ragnarok uh, or Gran Turismo 7 for a couple of hours and then decide if they want to make the full purchase. Given the details are stemming from this recent round of PlayStation Spartacus leaks, it's re uh, it releases, it's likely nearing Grub says from the testing phase for the subscription service. All right, Sarge, so what do you think about this, right? They're coming in, like you said, middle of the ballpark. They're coming in, you know, $10 to $16. They're right, they're right in comparison with it. I mean, obviously, PlayStation has to do this. Because it's, Xbox is doing this, right? We will, right? You have to. It's not. It's not if you don't want to. You have to. the The issue. The issue becomes, what is it going to cost me to actually have a game system now? If I have multiple systems, I got to pay almost what two hundred dollars a year just to play online. I've got both game systems. Right. Right. You know. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. where originally you could just play games and you could play them online. And then they started with the service thing and you understand and everyone was like, well, you know, you have to because they have servers, you have to maintain it and that kind of stuff. I, I got you. And, and now you have Game Pass, you juice it up a little bit more. Then you're going to have Spartacus. You're going to juice that up a little bit more. I am Spartacus. I just, listen, you have to have, and, and, and this, is why, this is why Sony's starting on the back foot. 
I'm glad that they're expediting the process. I'm glad that they're trying to get a game pass probably by the end of the year, right? Oh, I would say I'm by summer, sure. easily. Yeah. yeah. Right. For, for sure, the way it's supposed to work. By, by the end, end of the year, year, for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So I'm glad to see that they get, they're, they're, they're waking up and they're taking charge. However, this is, it, it's almost like you run into the same problem where you ask the two, the two giants in the room that you want to, you want to play the same games with each other. And they both go, no, you have to have my system, my system only. Okay. So let me ask you, what is PlayStation's library, right? That, that warrants you paying a Spartacus subscription. That's not already on the library Six, right. on Xbox. The 16, 16. Well, <clears throat> yeah, right. We right. don't know. We don't know the so, day one, day day in, day one, whatever. Right. You don't know what the actual deals are with these other publishers and other developers. How long the game's on their system for, and then when they're off that system, do they bounce over to PlayStation now? Right. Like, like a any game, right? No way out, right? Is on Game Pass for Xbox, and then all of a sudden, No Way Out's not there anymore. They decided to get rid of it because no one else is playing it, and now No Way Out goes on Spartacus. <laughs> For three months you see what i'm saying yeah so now you have these two giant pools and games just go from one's one company to the other to 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 fill the pool you know it's it's going to get interesting to find out what people perceive as value in giving these companies money every month and now remember we were giving them money every month just to play online remember that but now right there is no, there is no, I'm paying to go online and that's it. I'm paying to go online and I'm getting a library maybe. Right? The only, the only way I can see, and again, the article says, I, I don't think PlayStation is willing to do this. If they want, if they want this pass, Spartacus pass or pay pass, as I like to call it, to work, they have to do the release day, day one not trial period of the new God of War, not the new trial period of the Gran Turismo game. Day one, you're paying 16 bucks a month, you get God of War on that day one, right? Like, you, if, you're, if you're the top tier, they're, like, so Horizons uh, Forbidden I think, West... I don't think they'd do it. I understand that, but what I'm saying is Horizon Forbidden West would be on there, right? Like, like all of these games would be there, their first-party title games would be their day one release, Ratchet and Clank, if number two comes out, right? It's the next Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 would be there day one. Then you would get, but here's the thing. They're not going to do that because their games are so good. Party. Right? They're so good. They are. God of War, Horizon, Spider-Man, Wolverine when it comes out. All of their games are story-driven, and you could complete those faster then if you had a subscription service, then if you just paid the sixty bucks up front, right? But that, but but that's but that's my point, right? When you have a when you have a company that 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 relies on first party titles to keep them solvent, then how do you fill your library of games, uh, the right type of games, to warrant the value of you buying it? Because right. you know they're not going to put those first party titles on Game Pass no. right away. They want that upfront money. I get that. So yeah. are we talking about... Now, if we're talking about the entire PlayStation library since the beginning of PlayStation, yeah, but then we don't have to worry about it. 
Well, wait. No, they'll get you, you your you value. To, you don't have to worry about they'll it. They'll get but... you your value for that middle middle price. That middle price when you get the classic games, they'll put all the classic games on there, right? Yeah, water. Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine. The game is a from Insomniac. That's a that's an Insomniac. That's a Sony first party title. That's not coming to any other console. That's only coming to PlayStation. Okay, I'm pretty sure that Insomniac's gonna not gonna make Wolverine for other other uh, other systems, but we'll see. Here's another thing, Sarge, that <clears throat> that I don't see them. I just lost my train of thought. Uh, PlayStation won't. Well, they, I guess they could do it, right? They could put them on there as a day one type of thing. But again, if they do that, they're losing out. But they, what they could do is if they do day one, okay? Right now, on average, a first-party title, when they first start selling, is like 8 million copies, right? Spider-Man sold 8 million copies. God of War sold 8 million copies. Last of Us sold, right? They're all around the 8 million copy mark, Okay. If they do the if they do the live service thing or the Game Pass uh, section, yes, they're getting eight million people at sixty bucks. Okay, but over time, if they have one hundred and forty four million people owning a PlayStation, right, or hundred whatever, whatever, however many they have, okay, is it more plausible for them to put it on their service that more people get the game day and on day one? through the subscription model than buying it on day one as $60, $70. You see what I'm saying? Like if there's only 8 million people out of 116 million people that own a PlayStation 4, obviously, if it was, let's just say it's PlayStation 5, there's 116 million units out there. But on average, only 8 million people are buying the Spider-Man 2 that comes out or the God of War Ragnarok that comes out. But if they have 100 million people that have the subscription out of 116 million... Oh, that's million, easy. No, no, you, see, you put yourself on the street now. That's easy. The people who are going to buy the game, you get the little bonus bullshit, the little bonus bullshit for you buying the copy, right? And you can only get that if you buy the copy. Right. And then the rest of the people get it on Spartacus. Right. But what I'm saying, you're making more money because more people are playing your game because they're, they're paying for your subscription service, right? Yeah, but I, I still think the greed level is high enough where they're concerned that if they sell it and they put it on, game, on Spartacus on day one, that they lose money. So... They have to bait the hook. If the guys who want to buy the game, when you buy it, you get specific perks because you bought it. That's the only way you get those perks is, is to buy it. The rest of the people get the game day one right? on Spartacus. I, I, I'm sure that's the way it's going to have to be. Otherwise, how, how else do you collect that upfront money? Well, right? They don't have, I don't believe PlayStation has the library right now that people are going to compare with Game Pass and say, yeah, this one's better than this one. I, I, I think Krebsy has an idea, you know, maybe maybe six months, uh, six months later, right? They, they, they drop it on their actual service, right? But then, you, then you're playing the game of it might hurt your sales because people know they can just wait six months and then play the game on the, on, for 10 bucks or 15 bucks or 16 bucks instead of paying the $70 up front, right? But it could be. I don't know. I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to do the day one uh, launch uh, with, the, with the games. But I was just talking about how they potentially they have, they, could. They have to start somewhere. But what I see happening is whatever games... I, what's the, Once again, we don't know the deal. What is the deal with Game Pass? If your game as a developer is on Game Pass, what's the deal? Are you getting paid for hours used? 
Are you getting paid for people who actually buy the game? Is it a split either way? We don't know any details. Zero. We know zero details. Yeah. So by that token, if PlayStation says the same... Now, here's where it works out for developers, right? This is where it works out for developers. If the developers are making a deal, but it's not exclusive, and they can have their game on Game Pass and Spartacus, and they're getting the same kind of deal where people are downloading it or playing it, they that, get a that cut. Works out. That works they get out a cut. For them. Then developers make out better right. because we all know that once a game dies, if it's not in your library or your friends aren't talking about it or they don't let you borrow yeah, it, out of sight, out of mind. Right? No one's ever talking about it. Yeah. But every time I turn on my system, every time I turn on my system, I'm looking at a thousand games, right? And and, and all they have to, all they have to do is put a little bit a little blurb on your dashboard that says, "Hey." 50 new games came in this right, week. Right. Take a look. That's all I have to say. And so now it's in your mind again, right? And so this is where it's the catch-22 in my eyes. I want the developers to make more money, okay? We already know the companies are making more money because it's all digital, right? We already know that part. Now I want the developers to make more money. Right. So if, if, if exposure to both systems benefits the developer based on hours played or actual purchases of the game, then it gives developers extra money, then I guess I have to be forward even though I don't like it. Right. Right. Right? I don't like it. Because, honestly, we're still talking about one thing and one thing only. Time. How much time do you have? Right? We all have... Listen, 10 years ago, we got Destiny. I had the same amount of time then that I did now. Okay, I have the I, same amount of time. You're just doing nothing's different things. changed. Yeah, you're just doing different I just, things. I just have to do different things. Right, right. Yeah, we all have, was right. was was having a relationship worth it, or was playing the MMO worth it? And I made decisions. The, the MMO was worth it more than the relationship. Yep. So, girlfriend broke up with me because of an MMO. I remember the day. Good decision. I remember the day. <laughs> I, what what I'm saying is, time hasn't changed, right? The procedure on how games are given to us now has changed right it's immediate now right i don't have to wait in line right right but the trade-off now is it's broke okay 80 percent of the shit that i'm getting is broke day one day one patch not worth it and so i i don't care about day one anymore like right. day one means Day one's day turned one, into like month one or month six. Yeah, day yeah, one to anymore. me means absolutely nothing, right? If I'm, listen, if I'm hyped for a game, right? I really love it. Like, I really love it. I'm hyped for it. I waited six years. Comes out December 25th, my Christmas present. Right. Right? We used to get it Christmas morning, rip that shit open, or go to the store and buy it ourselves and play the game, and it worked, and it was awesome. That hype is completely gone. The, the industry has completely removed that hype out of it, me imploded completely, it. Yeah. Yep. right? Do I care? Yeah, because I know I kind of like to feel like the highs and lows of life. Like, I want to be excited about something. I want to be sad about something. Like, yeah. you're human, There's right? There's like 15 games that of, came out this month. Yeah, but you got rid of all the hype. You and got rid of zero it. So of now them. for me, yeah. for me, I don't care if the game came out last month, right? In my mind now, right? I know the game's not 100% when it comes out. So when, by the time I get around to that game and I'm actually ready to play it, it's been patched. Every, what's what's going on? My my chair just shrunk. Oh. <laughs> I think I think my chair's warranty just ran out, bro. <laughs> I, my chair's warranty just ran out. All right, I'm going to keep going. 
<laughs> anyway. <laughs> right? I think the gas I think my fat ass just busted the gasket. I think that's what just happened. <clears throat> anyway, you don't have the time anymore. So for me, month two, month three, right? All I know is a game came out. Doesn't matter now. Doesn't matter if it's it's brand new, it's all hyped up, doesn't matter. Because I know the longer I wait, the better the game is. Right? right. And so right. you're you you think that you're you think that the hype you have is supposed to be expressed on day one. Meanwhile, every time you express it, someone punches you in the face. Right? <laughs> so like you're all excited. You you're, you're, it's like it's like you open the door for the UPS man, and before he gives you the package, he fucking punches you. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then he hands you the package. Like that's ha- that happens every time a new game comes out yeah. now. Right. So I don't open the door anymore. Ah, Yeah. I don't open the door anymore. What I do now is the doorbell rings three times. He wants me to open the door and I ignore it. Right. right? And then he leaves the package on the door. And when I get around to opening the door, it'll be there. Right. Yeah. With no nuts. I seriously think I broke my chair. You probably just sit on it wrong and then it hit hit the pressure point and and it pushed it down. No, no. I think my fat ass broke it. Well, next story. Next story. Gearbox Entertainment uh, could be developing a new live service game. New job posting by developer Gearbox Entertainment could be post, uh, pointing out that upcoming title plan to tackle the popular live service model. Every company has to have one, Sarge. Uh, while the title's res- uh, uh, responsibilities don't make the specific claim that Gearbox is looking to expand into the live service market, it does mention waiting, wanting to provide continuous support for games post-launch it could be said that borderlands 3 did receive a decent amount of live development from gearbox after release but the dlc and the seasonal events uh seen it and uh, a title weren't quite the same level as a live service game like destiny 2 or fortnite a job posting in the position says lead live game designer as a lead position for the designing development post-launch content for a live game this would come with the responsibilities of hiring and training assistant designers, as well as working with the community to understand the players enjoyed about the game in order to continue bringing quality content and respects those fans desire. Now, all this is said that the position goes beyond following a roadmap for pre-planned Borderlands DLC, but would instead require involving development that would grow and change the base of players. So, Sarge, what do you think of, of this, right? As far as Gearbox, do you think they're taking more of a same approach like what they did with the past borderlands where they're not i think not potentially you, I think, live I, service but still still p- making stuff for the game with dlcs going forward or do you think this is actually a live service thing that they're working on i'm gonna be honest with you they you have to be very secure in whatever product and ip you're gonna pick to do a live service with and if gearbox is doing live service it's borderlands i don't uh, another borderlands I don't, Borderlands universe. I don't just. I don't. I don't dismiss it at all. I first of all, I don't think Gearbox. If Gearbox has something up their sleeve and nobody knows about it at all, I'm impressed on the security because security is bullshit, right? In my mind, if Gearbox is doing a games as service, which I don't know why, because you're you're, you're grasping at straws at this point, because we all know that games as a service model does not work. Because no development team can keep up with demand for the voraciousness of the population of the people who play their game. Right. It's impossible. So don't bother. Right. But they're going to throw their hat into the ring. So if you're going to throw your hat into the ring based on stuff that they already know, that they got people who are artists about stuff and already com- comfortable with it, and they, and they think they can keep up with a games of service model, what is it? It's Borderlands. 
Yeah. Or a Borderlands universe, like in the universe of Borderlands. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I think, I hate to say it. I, I, I don't want to see more live service games because no one's done it. Doesn't work. No one's done it. The, the best live service games, in my opinion, are MMOs. Are MMOs. Those well, are well, actual live service because games because during. That way. What's that? They're structured that way. No, I understand that. That's... But you have a big, you have a, you have a big chunk up front, and with the big chunk up front, the mechanics of the game slow you down into a grind and give people time to make stuff in the back end, right? And when you're completely done with that that part of the game, you have eight characters to pick from. So I might go through that again with a different character to see if I like it. So by the third time, like by the third time you go through it and you played a radically different character, like a damage dealer, a healer, or uh, a tank. And you've played the 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 basics of the classes three times through. They have something else coming out. I, I just I and just, even so, you bounce and go do something else. Yeah, and you come I, back. I feel like Gearbox is not going to go with the live service game. I know everyone's jumping in with the live service game. I think Gearbox is just hiring other people to do live service content type stuff, like they've been doing. Like, look, if you think about it, Borderlands Two with all the DLC that they brought out month oh, after month good. after month, so good, right? That, they were that's, DLCs. That's what I feel like they're but doing they as DLCs. far as live service. Did you feel guilty about buying any of the Borderlands no. DLC? No, because I, I played the game, loved the game, enjoyed the game. The game was good. I was like, I'm going to give them more money. And they brought a DLC out, and I, I paid for that DLC, and I had that DLC in my hands. And then I played right. it again, and it was more content on top of the game I already was playing. Right. And, and were all DLCs immaculate? No. 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 No, they weren't. But they were all but still fun. That's correct. Right? They were all still fun. They were all still part. And I think they were still all worth the $20 that you paid for each one of them. Yeah, right? And to me, and to me, that is the business model that works. Yes. Because yes. A, a game's a Make service a game, to me right now sell a game. is an illusion. Yeah. Right? It's an illusion. If you believe that a game's a service comes out and you don't think that you're actually just being a, waiting to buy a DLC, what it is. Because it's never done when it comes out. It's done after the fact. And, and, and once again, I'll say, I'm going to say it till on top of the mountains, until we get new protective rights for consumers in the video game industry, this isn't going to change. Right. We need new rules have to be made. New laws have to be enacted because the industry is changing radically quick. Right. Remember, guys, in one year, we went from 70 percent. Hard copies to thirty percent digital in yeah. one year went to seventy percent digital to thirty percent hard copies in one year. I think it was actually eighty twenty. I think it was a twenty eighty, and then it Whatever. swapped eighty. Yeah, but the it's swing still, the yeah. swing is ridiculous. One year it was supposed to take like it was supposed to take five to right? seven years. It did it in one I, year. And I said it in past shows, and I'll say it again. I believe personally this is the gaming industry's payback time for GameStop robbing them for twenty five years, right? We have, and I mean this when I say it, we've had it good. Remember, if you were a gamer and you couldn't buy a game day one because you didn't have the money, didn't have a job, mom wasn't going to buy it for you until Christmas, or whatever the reason was, you pretty much had got that. You could get that game discounted. Maybe it's ten percent off, twenty percent off. GameStop was selling games for thirty percent off your Christmas time, so you would get a sixty dollars game that came out in November and get it for like. $40 or $30, right? Brilliant. Brilliant. And by the way, they made billions of dollars doing that. Right. And the developers got no money from that. And let's remember this, guys. 
70% hard copy, okay? And for some strange reason, the entire industry, even though GameStop was robbing them blind, all grew exponentially. Right, made all, all the money, studios, made millions and billions of dollars. Still made billions of dollars. Yeah. Some strange reason. And now GameStop is the Spencers of the industry. No one gives a shit about it. You're buying directly from the actual companies now. And for some reason, nobody has any money. They keep telling you that, you know, oh, our guys are too stressed. They're underpaid. Uh, we COVID has put people out. Uh, there's too much competition. And 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 I, I say the same thing every day. Like, how is that possible? Right? How is it possible that a game company has been stealing from you for 25 years, never giving you a cent of any resold games? And we know how much games GameStop was selling. It's a publicly traded company. We can go back and look how right. many games they sold that weren't new. Okay. So at well, some point, you have old. to say to yourself, somebody's lying. Yeah. Somebody's lying. Right. If 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 the gaming company could could grow exponentially with hard copies being sold at discounted rates and I don't get any money from it, then somebody's lying. Right. Lots of people are lying. All right. Next story. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is the first Ubisoft game to make. How much money, Sarge? Now, if you already know the answer, chat, is it, don't, is it don't say it. Is it just the game or microtransactions? Just the, no, just the game. It says, according to Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the latest and popular franchise, the company's highest-grossing title to date. Okay, so it sold. Okay, so copy-wise, um, doesn't have to be that much. They must have sold twenty million. They must have showed. They must have sold money-wise at least twenty. They must have sold at least twenty million copies to go over a billion dollars. Okay, Pat, what do you guys think? How much money? You think Assassin's Creed Valhalla has made been out? If you know the answer, don't put it in chat. If you looked it up, we'll give you guys a couple of seconds, uh, and then I'll I'll pop it up on the screen. Now, I mean, if they're bragging about it. It's got to be over a billion. Of course, it's it's you know, uh, Ubisoft Assassin's Creed Valhalla continues to res uh, renown as its most successful title from publisher, according to the company's recent financial reports. Assassin's Creed has become Ubisoft's highest-earning title of Assassin's Creed franchise to date, which is weird, because now, after I talk about this, we're going to go into the next Assassin's Creed story. Released November 2020, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is the 12th main entry in the popular uh, series. Over the course of its 14-year lifespan, the franchise has changed its genre, and the latest one, the Fallout Studios RPG-centric approach, on the debut, Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, recorded the biggest launch of the franchise and were sold more units during the first week than any other Assassin's Creed game before. By October 2021, the title emerged as Ubisoft's second most profitable game ever. Okay. So, the actual price, the actual retail price of, of Valhalla, it made $1 billion. $1 billion. Over a billion dollars, um, which is they probably which, had some record sales. They probably they had to, which is which is great, right? Um, I thought says, Odyssey. I thought Odyssey was the big one everyone was talking about. The Viking one did better. The Viking one is the best one. Yeah. Okay, so it made now. It says here now, although only over a year, Assassin's Creed Valhalla already has two story expansions. Imagine that a game that actually was good. And then they brought out two other expansions on top of that. We were just talking about that with, with Borderlands, right? Make a good game, 
sell content on top of that. And voila, you have a success. Imagine that. So the upcoming Dawn of Ragnarok expansion is scheduled to be released on March 10th at $40 price tag. It also gets set to Ubisoft's biggest expansion update. So there you go, Sarge. They're making a game. They made a game. People like the game. And now they made expansions and people like the expansions of the game. And it just keeps making money for them. It's not trying to sell you a season pass, right? It's not trying to sell you. I, I mean, it, it might be. I don't know. I haven't played it myself. But I hear great things about Valhalla. Everyone's like, oh, you should play it. You should get it. It's, the, it's one of the, the the better Assassin's Creed's of all time. I stopped playing at, at, at Assassin's Creed. What's the one where he was in Italy with Michelangelo? And uh, uh, I think that was four or five. I forget which one it was. It's, it, it's been a while since I, I jumped in. Oh, no, no. That's not true. That's not true. The last one I played is the one that was in France. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was like so buggy and glitchy. And I was falling through the map, and it was it was it was it, it came with my Xbox. Uh, it came with my Xbox One automatically. I forget which what what that one was called. Was that Unity Week? I forget which one that was. It was it was terrible. Yeah, Unity. Oh man, what a what a what a shit show that was. So no, so wait, is Ubi just gonna look at the Valhalla sales, then just go? It's time to copy pasta again. We have to copy this now. Well, it, it's it's weird because the next story, which kind of attaches to this, right? Valhalla is the, if not the largest Assassin's Creed that's out there. It's the most successful Assassin's Creed that's out there. But yet, for some reason, the new Assassin's Creed that's coming out will reportedly bring back stealth and no open world. Now, I think the title's a little miscued mis because... No open world. Every Assassin's Creed up until this point, 15 titles or 14 titles have been open world. Now it says the newly announced Assassin's Creed will reportedly phase out the open world of previous installments and return to the strong focus of stealth. I think this is a bad choice, especially after coming off of your largest, most successful game, which is Valhalla, with two expansions and the map is gigantic. Now, there has been reviewers talking about the game is just big to be big, right? And there's really nothing to do. Now, I understand if they make it smaller and it's not as open world, but taking an Assassin's Creed game and then kind of putting it on rails or, I don't know, sort of like a, would it be like a Destiny, you think? Where you're just doing certain tasks and you're only going in certain directions? It says the next Assassin's Creed will supposedly move away from the open world format in previous installments and put further emphasis on stealth. Now, Ubisoft just announced that it's working on a standalone Assassin's Creed game centered around the Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, Basm earlier today. And it's originally going to serve as an expansion to the last year's hit historical action title before being, being fleshed out into a full game. Now, when the original Assassin's Creed was first released back in 2007, players were greeted with a smooth stealth system that allowed them to lurk in the shadows and take down targets in the franchise signature Hidden Blades. But there was also still open world. That's what was awesome about it. You, like, you could go anywhere. You could go anywhere you want, okay, inside the Assassin's Creed. Uh, and we'll, we'll read that super chat in a, in a second. Thank you very much for that. Um, you can go anywhere you want in the Assassin's Creed world. Sarge, do you think this is a mistake? After I just told you that they just made a billion dollars off Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the largest map they've ever created, the, the most successful game they've ever created <clears throat> in the Assassin's Creed series, and now they're taking away the open world aspect of it? All right, calm down. Right. Don't 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 be so literal. Right. They love the developers. They love to throw words at you to make you all of a sudden tweak out. No offense, tweak. OK, 
what's really happening here is they realize that bigger is not always better. Okay. The game was originally stealth. So if you're trying to advertise to me that you're going to make the game that was originally stealth back to stealth, that's translation is good news, right? It was supposed to be a stealth game. That's what it was. Open world was irrelevant. The game was stealth, right? They just made the world bigger to exercise and flex a little bit to show you what the developers could do. But meanwhile, you were exploring the area. And then when push came to shove, no pun pun intended, right? When push came to shove, it was a stealth game. That's what it was, right? So when when you're telling me that you're not going to make an open world, you're lying. Right. Okay? You're lying because your number one game you just sold was open world. But what you're telling me is you're going to calm down. You're going to reel it in. You're going to make the map doable, intriguing, exciting to explore, and more stealth, right? That's how it should be sold. That's how it should be talked I, about. I, I think... Go ahead, Charles. I don't... First of all, I don't like Ubi. I'm trying to be... I'm trying to play devil's advocate. Ubi's in the same trash I, bin with Activiz and, and uh, EA and Ubi. They're in the same trash bin. I don't like them anymore, right? They, they did copy pasta for as long as they could. I'm happy that they made their money, okay? Because at least no one, no one will get fired this year. They made their money, and now they're going to make something else. Hopefully, I I think you're giving. But I, don't, them- I don't believe I don't believe for a second that it, it's not going to be like all of a sudden they're going to do like a GTA Five map and they're going to bring it down to GTA Three. <laughs> yeah, no, and they're like this is what they're doing. Scale sorry. back. You're giving them way. Too, back. You're giving them way too much credit. You got to think. I'm not. More, you got to think more like a a scummy salesperson that works in the industry. Okay. I said this the other day. Bait Walker also agreed with me. Okay. I think Krubsy just brought it up in chat. Okay. A little bit. They are going to take the map and shrink it down. Okay. It's still going to be open world. But remember, Ubisoft is taking all their games and making them into a live service aspect of it. Okay. It's going to be the meta, bro. No, they're they're going to take the game. So let's just say they take the Valhalla map and they break it up into three quadrants. Okay, and the live service game with the sci-fi terms with 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 the with the expansions and stuff, they're gonna they're gonna divvy out the game at sixty seventy dollars when it comes out to you. It's gonna be a live service game, right? And they're gonna sell you the other parts of the map. They're gonna pull a Destiny on it, right? They're gonna they're gonna pull a Destiny where they're gonna they're gonna the map is this big, but they're only gonna sell you quadrants of it as a time with expansions as they come out because that is what they're gonna do. That is the Ubisoft way. That is the video game way. All right, so what you're saying is you won't get sold the complete map right away. You're not going to get it'll sold the complete seem, game right seem, away. That's right. It'll seem bigger, Yes, but it won't be. It'll be more, it'll be more, I, I don't want to say packed with quests, but the map won't be so empty. Right. More efficient use of the of the, uh, the, of the, the open biggest, world. The biggest criticism that. was it was too big and it felt too big for big sake. Right? It right. was just they were just they were just fluffing it up to make it wow, it's the largest map. Now they're gonna make the same exact map, but they're just gonna break it down and go, Oh, it's much more uh, attainable now. Right? It feels more uh flushed like out the, and, put, and put it in the put it inside the, the quadruple B. What are we are we put it, ins- we're put, put it put it inside the put it inside the quadruple B. Big book of bull, here it comes. It's the big it's the big it's the big blue book. The big big well, is it's it the brown? big book of bulls. What we is what we have. It, what we have it. Okay, all right. I'm gonna put it. They will sell you. I'm putting this in the big book of bull. We marked it. Okay. 
they're going to Time sell stamp. they're going to sell you the game okay they're going to sell you the game broken up but it's going to be smaller that's my that's my prediction a live service oh, model they're going to change it into destiny uh yeah yeah basically right basically big book of bull uh let me uh let me mark that ac and that was at uh 49 I mean, listen, the, the main the main problem, and I know we go back to this a lot, but it, it this is the actual discussion that needs to be had over and over again, is that because because businesses have to exponentially grow, which if you guys took any business classes is not feasible, but that's what they have in their heads. We never used to get these games every year. They used to used to get these games when they were finished, like a cod. A COD wasn't every year. Originally, it was not every year. You got a COD when the COD game was ready. But because of the amount of money that they made in that one year that they went apeshit, right? The first year that like Modern Warfare 2 came out and COD was fucking crazy. Oh, my God. Like, they said that we cannot miss out on this money. So we need to hire two studios, and you guys are going to leapfrog each other, and we're going to have a COD game every year. Right. It's ridiculous, right? Same thing with Assassin's Creed. It's a great IP. It has a good story. The original story I thought was fantastic. The whole time travel thing and the, the guy has to go back in his mind and the DNA and whatever kind of crazy machine he was in. I thought it was cool. But then it was just like, copy pasta, another yeah. AC game. Yeah. And like After a while, how are you supposed to have a good rep rapport with a video game if you never miss it? If I never miss right. it right. and it's in my face all the time, then I don't care about it, right? And it becomes diluted. Right. it's like a it's, it's like a relationship when you move into when you move, when you move in with your girl too quick right don't move in with her guys right you want to miss her if you see her every day no makeup sweatpants the attraction starts to go away you have to have that distance yep. right you, you're supposed to miss her you're supposed to miss the game if i get the game every year i don't care i don't care and as soon as like uh uh tweak brought it up he said that Cod's not coming out this year. Yeah. And all I have to say is, it's a win. That's a win. Right, right. You don't need Cod every year. Sorry. There's, there's plenty of games. We, we got plenty of games rotating in and out. I don't need Cod every year. They need it. They need they, it every right. year. They need they it every, need every year. year. Yeah. That's correct. All right. Real quick, before we even go on to the next story, I want to thank uh, Rick Flair. Woo! $20. Love the show. Thank you very much for the super chat. Appreciate you very much. There's a round of applause for you. Thank you very much for supporting uh, the show like that. Thank you very much for the $20. Very kind of you. All right. So the next, the next story, the next story, Sarge. Uh, Capcom, Capcom. This is. Uh, I, I talked about this. We have a video that posted at six o'clock tonight uh, on our YouTube channel, Three and Still Gaming. You can check it out. We have Capcom accused of adapting, uh, adapting an $80 stock image for Street Fighter VI logo. The new logo looks extremely similar to the template on Adobe stock image website. Now, I don't need to read the article. I'm just going to show you guys the picture. Okay. The pink one is the Adobe Illustrator template of the logo. Okay. And on the right, you have the Street Fighter VI logo for the news thing okay sarge can you point out to me right seven differences 
on this picture. Can I see it? Yeah. Seven, it? seven, um, seven uh, things of this picture. <clears throat> I, I have to find seven? Besides the pink and gray. Besides the pink and gray. Oh, okay. Well, that's already too. Uh, too all right. All right. Hang on. All right. The, uh, the hexagon's a different thickness. Okay. That's one. Uh, there's spray paint painted all over it. Yep. That's two. There's a number six in the corner. Yeah, that's three. Right. The F is slanted. The middle bar of the F is slanted. And with the now, S. are you counting each letter? Because the same thing's yeah. happening with, with, the, S. The, yeah. with the S. That's four and five. Right? So the that letters two? are changed. That's, that's, that's four. That's the letters okay. are changed. Uh, the, the, the S and the F, uh, the thickness is a little different. That's five. Okay. <clears throat> Besides the pink? I mean, I guess I could... We'll count the, the letters six. Yeah, that's, that's six. You have six. You need one more. Which technically, I think you already said. You said the paint splatter. The, 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 the paint, paint splatter, yeah, yeah. The, the paint, paint splatter. splatter. There's, there's paint splatter on the picture, and then there's that big <laughs> paint splatter at the bottom Listen. with the six, right? Listen, this is, this is the laziest shit I've seen in a long time. Like, legitimately. Legitimately. If, if, you're, if you're a graphic designer... And some company approaches you and says, hey, we want you to make a new logo for Street Fighter. My first question is, did he play Street Fighter when he was a kid? Well, or is he still a kid? That's number one, right? If you have the brass cojones to think that that's going to be the logo for Street Fighter, an IP that's been around since I was like 10 years old, right? You're dreaming, kid. I mean, You're dreaming. look, look, the, these are right here. This is what Street Fighter logos look like. Okay. All of them have all yes. looked like this. Okay. Yes. I, I truly believe, I truly believe that the person who did this thought for themselves, they might be new in the industry, right? Maybe a, a new hire for Capcom, maybe an outside really third cheap. party person. Really? Cheap. No, no. Outside third party person that, that said, hey, I'll make a, I love Street Fighter. I'll make, I'll make a logo for you. And they literally sold them that I'm going to make a new hip logo for you. Okay. And then someone saw this and said, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Let's, let's do that. And someone goes, hold up. I think I've seen that before uh, on Adobe Illustrator. Like, I think that's right. a template. And they're like, no, no. I, I, used, I used Chuck, I think, I, in my example. Uh, Chuck is a great graphic designer. He would he wouldn't do that. He we paid we paid eight thousand dollars for the, the new logo. There's no way he would do this, right? And then all of a sudden, eighty dollars, you can get it. And he just took twenty minutes of his time, changed it up, spray painted the thing, you know, did a little stuff, and then sold it to him. And they're like, hey, look at this brand new thing. And they're like, um, he he ripped this from this this site. Now, as Chad said, maybe it's a placeholder, and I hope it is because I would like to see a Street Fighter logo along the lines of Street Fighter, right? Like, I made I made fun of this because listen, if you were if you were gonna listen, here's here's why I think it's you're both correct and wrong at the same time. If it was a placeholder, right? If it was a placeholder, you would just steal it directly out of Adobe and just throw it on the fucking wall, right? That would be it, right? right? But someone took the time to do the seven differentials, just the bare minimum, copy, right? The bare minimum the bare to minimum. stop you from being copyrighted, right? Right. That's basically what you did. You did the seven things you needed to do in order not to be considered copyright. It's seven things different. They like playing six degrees of separation. What are it's the odds? Is pure, what, are, what are the rock, odds? Reese, Reese asked in chat, what are, what are the odds of purely coincidental? I mean, 
look look at it's, the it, it's a good troll for a story i mean look troll. at the what look at street fighter over the years look at the logos orange and red and it, it, it's like it's like alive and moving and it looks like it, it looks like, cool like, i think I, I i can i can fix it right now you ready right now i can fix this take the six make it into a fist it's a it's the, the fist is the six yeah and it's punching the street fighter thing straight down from the top like and in the same font as the rest of those done like you can't tell me that's a placeholder right right you wouldn't have it you just wouldn't put it there please please <clears throat> please if it's the most laziest thing i've ever seen you cannot lie to my face this way and don't think we're going to call you out on this i mean again i'm sorry coincidentally sorry. it could be it could be false right it could be a placeholder but man let me tell you if if they paid a, a third party person for that they should sue and if, if, if it was someone internally that person probably should lose their job because if, if you were making a placeholder even if it was a placeholder if you thought about it if you thought about releasing street fighter you thought about it Somebody in the company who works for the goddamn company knows how to make a goddamn placeholder right. for Street Fighter, right? That is the poorest excuse for a work I've ever seen. You know what? Matter of fact, I might mock up a Street Fighter one for them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a Street Fighter one in my own spare time. I'll post it on my Twitter account, and we'll see which one is better. And I'll tell you how long I worked on it for, okay? I'll tell you how long I worked on it for when I do it. It's, it's just it's just absurd that, 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 i can't look at that normal it's somebody's just trolling us someone's trolling the, the internet that's what that's got to be it's got to be all right so we're, we're moving into the, the the second half of the show and the title of the show is doa power D, doa games and obviously this is a term that people use dead on arrival i'm using it as a play on words as type of things because we're, i'm going to talk about some games that we knew we're working, but we know that who knows when they're coming out and, and whatnot. So there's just ironically, there's four games. Okay. The first game is Dragon Age 4. Okay. It's reportedly in a very good shape ahead of potential of a 2023 release. Now, when they say good shape, let me tell you a little, little history of Dragon Age 4. Dragon Age 4 was supposed to be using an Unreal Engine originally. And then they decided that EA said, no, all of us are now using the Frostbite engine, okay? And they chose the Frostbite engine that Betafield's using, okay, that they created for a first-person shooter game. They said that every game has to use the Frostbite engine because EA, well, you know, they make billions and trillions of dollars and they're cheap and they don't want to use an, a, another engine. They had to use the engine for all their games, even though... Those games wouldn't work for it. Then they decided to use the Frostbite engine for Anthem, okay? Then they started using it for Anthem. Now, Anthem didn't know what the fuck they were doing with until they saw the trailer at the E3 conference. They had seven years, but they didn't work on it for seven years. They only worked on it for maybe a year and a half to three, okay, total, okay? Once it came out, you can see that beautiful world, open world, but it, it was missing something. The engine just couldn't do what they wanted. Well, in the middle of that process of using the Frostbite engine for seven years, by the way, Dragon Age was already in the works, behind the scenes, using the exact same engine as Anthem, as 
as Battlefield, as all of these, okay? And Dragon Age was supposed to be like Anthem. It was supposed to be a live service game. It was supposed to be a type of game like that, open world, okay, co-op. And the problem ensued with Anthem, and then they said, hold up. We have to change the direction that we're doing with Dragon Age, which they've done. They've changed the complete direction of Dragon Age. Uh, people that worked on Dragon Age 4 moved over to Anthem. Then they moved back over to Dragon Age, and then they all just left and completely quit on them. So the people that were originally working on Dragon Age are no longer working on Dragon Age, the lead directors and whatnot, okay? So that's Dragon Age, right? Buyer beware. We'll see what happens when that game comes out or, or it's actually uh, shown. That's the first game. The second game, uh, DOA, okay? Do you have anything to say about that first one, Sarge? Okay. The second game is Skull and Bones. Now, we've been bringing this up week after week now, but Ubisoft reportedly is happy with Skull and Bones' progress right now. Okay, and they say that Ubisoft claims that Skull and Bones will launch sometime between April 2022 and April 2023. Okay, now after spending many years in development, Ubisoft sets release window for Skull and Bones and reportedly happy with development. Many gamers wonder where it was, but this game has also been in the works for seven, eight years. Okay, now another game that's been worked on for seven to eight years before it launched was Grand Theft Auto. Okay, Red Dead Redemption. God of War. Okay, it was like five or six years. And then you also have Cyberpunk. And we know how that turned out. Okay. Now, Skull and Bones was supposed to be a just a ship-to-ship -ship battle. And then they changed it. And then it was something else. And then it went open world. And then it did a whole bunch of stuff. And now they don't know what the fuck it is, right? Because as soon as people saw it for originally, the first time, they're like, we'll see if this is open world. Is it going to be like that? And they're like, oh, no, it's just a ship battle. And they showed you just the ship battle. And they said, oh, you got you to make it like an open world, right? I mean, come on. This is, isn't this Ubisoft, right? Ubisoft is open world, right? So they took something from Black Flag, which is an Assassin's Creed they game. Should have just, they should have just made their version of Squadrons and moved on. With, with ships, right. Okay, that's basically what Skull and Bones was, though. Right? Yes, that's correct. They took the, 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 the mode from Assassin's Creed, made it into its own Skull and Bones. It's been up and down, thought it was canceled, brought it back, changed it. But this game is also dead on arrival, okay? Then we have... Oh, go ahead, Sarge. Go ahead. I'd like to do the third one. Oh, please. Okay, kids. Now, we did see the trailer back in 20... Uh, let's say 17. And I think we also saw another one 2018. 16, 17, something like that? Yeah. Somewhere in there. We saw this kick-ass trailer of a game called Beyond Good and Evil 2. Now, we looked at it, and we saw that trailer during those E3s when E3 was still around. No way. And we said, and we said that that looked amazing, but we didn't know what system that was going to be played on because it definitely wasn't the system that was out currently when they showed the trailer. Now, five years later, a article comes out and says that Beyond Good and Evil Two yep. is still in the pre-production phase. Pre-production. It's over ten years. Over ten years old. Right. We're, we're talking about ten years old now. Development time. Pre-production. Can we get the phone call, Mike? Oh, can you we, want, get, the, can is, we, can we he, get the phone? Can we get the phone call, is, Mike? Is, is he calling in? There it is. In Vagoda. This this is this is gonna turn into this is gonna turn into I think Beyond Good and Evil 2 
is going to be a phenomenal game, Sarge. As as much as Cyberpunk 2077 was a phenomenal game when it also launched. Now, here's the difference. No shot. Beyond Good and Evil 2, I'll call Dead on Arrival for your current console that you're playing on right now. Meaning, if you own an Xbox Series X, S, or PlayStation 5, this game will be Dead on Arrival for this system. Okay, I got it. I got it's it, bro. It's not going to be on the old system at all. I got it. Go ahead, Sarge. I got it. I, I, I know how they're going to save it. I know how they're going to save it. When the next generation systems come out, and they're not actual hardware, hmm. and it's just the chip in your TV, and everyone's doing Stadia before Stadia was Stadia, and everyone didn't like Stadia, but now we're Stadia is it, and now Stadia is what it is. Uh-huh. That's basically what it's going to be. Okay. Right? When, it, when, it, when everything becomes Stadia, and the games are being streamed from a, from a hard drive someplace, and not something you buy anymore, Young Good and Evil comes out because they don't have to ship it, nothing else. It's there for free. It's part of the service contract. You get Beyond Good and Evil. That's when it comes out. Because by then, we're looking at five years. Five years from now, when there's no more hardware. Five more years. All... So oh, yeah, five more years. All right. Well, let me let me read you a report from Beyond Good and Evil 2, still in pre-production after all these years. Beyond Good and Evil 2 still in pre-production after after over five years of development, rumbling in Beyond Good and Evil 2 sequel date. All the way back from 2008, when Ubisoft showed off what seemed to be a teaser trailer for the game. They could have just made it into the animated series. Nearly a decade later, we saw it at E3 2017, and the game finally revealed. It looked like an incredible, ambitious project. I love watching some of the stuff they show with the world, the planet, and then you're flying through, and it it looked amazing. I was like, there's no way this is coming out for the system. There's no no off. This was back in 2017, when it was supposed to come out for Xbox one and PlayStation 4. I said, no shot this comes no out shot. for this. I said, we'll be lucky if it comes out for the next system. And here we are in the next system. And I don't think this game's coming out anytime soon. Okay. So that, that game will that game will either come out at the end of the life cycle of this system we're on right now, or it will be part of a service contract when if, you are playing video games on your television and no longer having hardware. If it comes out, if it comes out for this system i'm telling you right now do not buy it do not pass go do not do not spend your 100 dollars, okay on this game when it comes out because it will not run on this system it will not run on this system that you're running it will be just like cyberpunk ran on the old systems of xbox one and playstation 4 that's how it'll run on this current gen the reason they haven't released this game yet is because it is ambitious it's so ambitious that it's the it's the star citizen, okay? It's the star citizen, but better because they're not asking you for money up front while this game is being made 12 years in the making, okay? 14 that, years in the that making? Game, that game should have just came out as an animated series by this time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure when the game comes out, people are going to be like, oh, man, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, right? It will not run on Xbox. I'm, I'm, I'm big book, but bullying it. It will not run. It Look will it. not run Look on, Jano. on this system. I'm telling Look you right now, it will Look not it. run on this system. It will be on the tail end, chug it along, and you'll be like, nope, it will not. You'll hate life. Just wait for the next Xbox, whatever comes out of the PlayStation or the next virtual uh, console that Sarge is talking about, right? So that's game number three, dead on arrival, okay? The last game that's, I think, going to be dead on arrival. 
maybe not as much as the rest of them, just because of the company itself, okay? This is two games on the list from the same company. Mass Effect game, the next Mass Effect game, is in prototype phase right now. Prototype phase. Bioware prototype. Re yeah, prototype. Prototype. That's before pre-production. That's right. So Bioware released an update regarding the development of the next Mass Effect. While work is underway, it appears to be in an early stage. So we're talking tail end of this system, if not Proto prototype next, means next like system. they're testing the, what engine to use. Yeah. In the recent blog post, Bioware declared that the next Mass Effect title is still in the works, okay, and still in prototype stages. Fans of the iconic sci-fi saga will have the uh, probably wait quite a bit before the next chapter, which comes out first, Sarge, the next Mass Effect game or Elder Scrolls Six. Oh. Which one comes out first? So as you think about Ooh. that, Mass Effect series was born in 2007 from minds of Canadian developer Bioware, since then becoming the most successful franchise in history to action role-play games. The saga is fa uh, famous for having a deep and engaging campaign system, or champion system, uh, well, oh, I'm sorry, I had it right the first time, campaign system, as well as featuring a wide array of pil uh, pilot-impacting choices, or plot-impacting choices. The first three games focus on the effort of Commander Shepard and save the galaxy from the race of ancient uh, machines known as the Reapers, doing so working on the various alien species. Now, Bioware general manager Gary McKay dedicated an official blog post on the ongoing work of Dragon Age 4, adding a few pre precious details of the development status of the new Mass Effect game. Uh, and in his words, the next chapter of the sci-fi saga is still in prototype phasing. So what, what, what do you think, Sarge? What do you, what do you... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to become Nostradamus right now. Elder, right? Elder Scrolls 6? Or... Right. I, I know this is going to sound complicated, but I'm going to make it like Destiny. Ready? Elder Scrolls 6 and the new Mass Effect game will, will be due out the same year. Ooh. Right? It's going to come out the same we're, year. We're doing another big book of bull right here. Hold on a right. second. Let me let me tag yeah. it. Yeah. Let me tag it. Yeah. Sarge's e prediction. ES, ES, ESO, I'm sorry. E Elder Scrolls 6 and the new Mass Effect game will be slated to release the same year. Same right? year. In, in, in the fall. Now in the fall. Do in the can fall. Go, can you go further with that, Sarge? Can you tell us a year? Can you, what is your in what the, is your vision telling us, Sarge? What is the clear shh, quiet, quiet chat. He's focusing. Getting his thoughts together. We're looking at we're looking at fall 2027. 2027, Sarge is saying. Yeah. 2027. Well, yeah, because because Lord knows there'll be something that stops them from creating more games before that happens. So I think that they're both coming out the same year. But, but <laughs> Reese says the world will end before that. <laughs> yeah, but Mass Effect will have some issue and be laid and will be delayed until spring of 2028. Wow. Sarge is really going into, into depth. He's saying both the same year, but there'll be problems with Mass Effect and it'll get pushed. It'll get pushed. The spring. So they'll yeah. announce it both coming out in the same year, but then they won't end yep. up in the same year because That's problems with Bioware and Mass That's Effect correct. going in the future. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to mark this one down. Two ninety nine. I'm, I'm very weak now. Sarge, you know, that, that do took, you know that took a lot out of me. If we if we stay if we were still doing this show in twenty twenty seven, we would be tired. we would be in episode almost six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have to go through a lot of footage. Hey, remember that time I talked about Elder Scrolls Six, bro? Aha! I told you. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a long fucking time to go through all this stuff. Holy shit! Oh man. Uh, 
So yeah, that's that's the four DOAs on arrival for for this. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with these games when they come out. Um, but um, I don't know, Sarge. I don't know. Do you think out of the four games we named, do you think one? Which one out of the four? Right, we have Mass Effect. Beyond Good and Evil, Skull and Bones, and Dragon Age Four. Which one is successful? Yeah, but think think about what you're saying. These games are in limbo. They are paying developers to make a game. <laughs> well, I know what I'm asking. Not, they're paying developers to make a game that is not going to come out. So, how much money do they have in reserve to pump out stuff and cancel it six years after they decided to make it? We're yeah. talking. Millions of dollars, millions, millions. Out of out of those games, right? Out of the games you just went over, I'm gonna say the one that the one that does the best, but also takes the heat for it, is Dragon Age. You think Dragon Age is the best? Uh, no, no. We'll we'll do the best. That's like comparing two shit sandwiches. Which shit sandwich is the better one? Like my shit sandwich is better than your shit sandwich. Yeah, like yeah. like the Dragon Age will have all kinds of problems, but we'll do better than the rest. Right. Does that make you feel better? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so that's that's the that's the goal there. Now Reese, Reese, that's the whole point, man. That that's why it's gonna take that long. You can't get rid of the golden goose, right? If I give you Elder Scrolls six, there's no reason to play Elder Scroll online. Right. They did that shit on purpose, man. Yeah. They knew the space between ESO five and ESO six was gonna be so ridiculous ridiculous because they had to work on something else that they invented their own mmo game to keep us busy yeah, while they waited yeah right come on man you know that's how they did it otherwise you would just wait till the next game came out <laughs> fucking the craziness yeah. dude all right so the next story incredible is just a title okay it's <clears throat> hold on let me uh let me ask this Come on, pen. Why, why, why is it when I want to write, it doesn't write? Okay. Halo, the TV series. Okay, we've been talking about this for the last couple weeks. Okay. The next thing they're doing is that the Halo TV series will reveal Master Chief's face. Now, I'm not going to go into like an article or anything like that. I'm just going to talk about this as... Sarge, do you think we need to see Master Chief's face? Because I don't believe so, and I hate that Hollywood takes characters like a Boba Fett, like a Mandalorian, like a Judge Dredd. Like, back in the day, Judge Dredd... I like the new Judge Dredd movie because he never takes off his helmet, right? Like, certain characters, the mysterious of them, right? Boba Fett was cool because he never took off his fucking helmet. Darth Vader is cool because he never took off his helmet. And when he did take off his helmet, it was like a shot from behind the head. You didn't get to see his face until they decided it's good storytelling to show you that the man behind the mask is human. dying and he's human. Okay? To, to connect that emotion to you. But Hollywood likes to change all this up because the actor needs to show his face because... 
obviously, if it's slated, let's say Tom Holland is Spider-Man, that we have to see Tom Holland at least take off the mask of Spider-Man so we know he's actually wearing the costume, right? Type of thing, okay? And this is another, another thing where they're going to take Master Chief, and I understand it's not in the same universe or whatever. Not the case. The, what I'm saying is Master Chief doesn't take off his helmet. Now, someone's going to be like, oh, the books he did. Let me ask you something. What did he look like in the book? Oh, I'm sorry. That's just words? That's right. Words saying that he took off his helmet and what he looked like. And then in your imagination, you think what he looks like, right? Not actually showing you what his face actually looked like, right? And this is a problem I have. I hate that they did it in Mandalorian. I, I said this during the show. I don't think they should have taken off his mask ever, okay? Because it, it, it breaks that it builds, mysterious. It builds, it builds tension throughout right. these seasons. Right. Okay. Same with Boba Fett. Boba Fett was holding his helmet in his hands more than it was on his fucking head in the Boba Fett show. Okay. What do you think about this, Sarge, as far as Master Chief with the, with the helmet? <clears throat> I understand why they have to do it. And it's, never, it's not a good reason. Right. If you have writers that know how to write a story that you're trying to tell in order to build suspense, build intrigue, build a character. You don't need to remove the helmet. You can tell the story with it. They're concerned that they don't have a hook, right? Right. So the hook has to be what should be a long drawn out tension moment to something that they're going to use to try to hook you to watch the show because they're going to pick somebody right. that you think is cute or fits into your little group oh, or your click. It's the rock. And so, right. Right. And so they want people to engage with the person immediately because the writers can't write. That's the issue. It's got nothing to do with anything else. Everybody knows who is conscious and watches movies that the masked person in any movie is never demasked immediately. It's always drawn out. If it's a series, it's the end of the season or the end of the series. Right. If it's a movie, it's the end of the third movie or the end of the uh, end of the sequel. It's never act one, scene one of a, of a beginning of a fucking program. It doesn't make sense. You cannot write intrigue. You cannot build suspense. So you have to use the actor itself as the hook to keep you in the show. I think it's just poor writing. I, the only thing I'll take, writing. the only thing I'll take, him taking off his helmet. This is how they do it. This is how they do it correctly. Okay, let's just say that Master Chief is in love with Katana. Okay, Katana. Uh, uh, Jesus fucking Christ, my brain just hemorrhage. Cortana, Cortana, not Katana. Cortana. Okay, let's say that the actual Cortana is in person. And he actually loves her. And she wants to see what his face looks like. And we see it on camera where his back is towards us. She's facing towards him. And she lifts up his helmet and takes it off. And all you see is the, the blurriness of his head, right? You don't actually see his face. He kisses him. And they put the fucking helmet back on. And that's it. You never see his face. You take the helmet off, but you never see his face. That's the only thing. The only exception I will take if they take his helmet off in the show, okay? Otherwise, he shouldn't be taking off his helmet. I don't care if it says it in the book. 
I don't care if it says it anywhere else. What I'm saying is the game was before anything else. Halo the game was before anything else, before a book, before an animated series, before any fucking anything else. He doesn't take off his helmet. And when you do see his helmet come off, you don't ever see it. It's like a Darth Vader moment where his helmet comes off and you just see the back of his head, right? And that and that's it. It's a quick shot. Listen, if they're if they're gonna show you Master Chief's face, it's because they're gonna kill him. That's right. the only reason. Right. Right. The kill him gonna, and then make the a girl, woman be the next the girl's, Master the Chief. The girl's gonna take over yeah. of the series, and the only reason why you're gonna see Master Chief's face is because he's gonna do I'm dying moment. Yeah, and, and she's gonna take off his off. helmet and put it on her body. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what it's gonna be. Right. The official stealing of the torch. That's it. Literally stealing the helmet and putting it <laughs> and putting it on your head. I don't know, man. I just don't I don't like this type of stuff. Uh you're, you're again, you're just taking another character. And you're you're taking it away. You're pulling away stuff that makes him badass. Right? You're making him human. I don't care. I know he's human, or maybe he's not. I don't give a shit. I don't want to see his face. I want Master Chief to stay the way he is, just like I wanted Boba Fett to stay the way he was, just like I wanted Mando to stay he was. Right? And anybody else that ever takes off there, th think about think about that. Uh, uh, Water says in chat, Kylo Ren was cool before he took off his helmet. Right? Kylo Ren was really cool looking. And then Except 10 seconds later, he took off his helmet. The, the end of Act 1, like halfway yeah. through Act 1, yeah. he Darth took his Vader helmet off. Darth Vader didn't remove his helmet until the end of the trilogy. Did Kylo David, Ren did, did it 30 David minutes Prowse into the cry? show. Yeah. Did David Prowse cry for three movies because no one saw his face? I was in my contract. Ah! Like, no, no. The character's did the you get character. Paid? Did you get paid? Did you get your right. check? Right. Fucking dumb. Whatever, man. Listen. All I know is this: all you hype kids get ready to watch the Halo animated series on Paramount, which I'm not paying for because I'm not going to be all hyped up to watch my Master Chief die and have some his, her, they chick put his helmet on and right. take over for the rest of the show. I'm sorry. I, li I, I I'm like sorry. that. Temp Tempest in chat says he should take his mask off and it's blurred and you can scan a QR code to pay $10 to unlock his face. That watch what you're saying there Tempest. The genius. Everyone listens to this show, they'll they'll figure it out. They'll they'll put it in the show. All right, the next next show uh next topic I want to talk about. You hey. know in on the Paramount on the Paramount ads now on the very bottom of the Paramount ad it actually says mountain of content. Does it really? It's fucking ridiculous. I I want to know who came up with that and I would love to Punch him in the face. It says it says mountain of content. Mountain of content. Mountain of content. Yeah, that'll that'll avalanche. Avalanche of content. Yeah. yeah. An avalanche of bullshit is what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tsunami, a tsunami of swine. Craig says maybe he'll have beautiful hair. Maybe. Maybe it'll be like Fabio. But I don't care. I don't want to know. I just want Master okay. Chief. But once again, I, I would agree with you. If the series does well, end of season two. Something happens to Master Chief. Got to take his helmet off. No problem. Day he takes one, it off just day to, one, just to clean the smudge off right. his glass, and right. then puts day, his helmet back on. Day one, day one, Act One, Scene One. Master Chief dies. Takes his helmet off to say, "Carry on." And then some girl goes running around. No, yeah, no. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you're gonna see because I'm not. Paying I'm, not I'm not seeing. I'm gonna hear about it because I'm not watching it. <laughs> I don't have Paramount Plus. I'm not paying for Paramount Plus just to watch a show that I think they're going to destroy because it has nothing to do with the actual Halo story. It's their own story. Once again, I'll be devil's advocate. I'm excited to see Master Chief finally on a screen besides my game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I, I'm. This is being filed in with Lord of the Rings right now with me. Don't even. Don't even we're not don't going there. Even get we're not. We're not going there. But Lord of the Rings. We'll talk about don't that another even, time. Don't even start. All right. The next topic: NFT. It's time for the NFT corner. All right, so the first story in the NFT corner here is a 1.7 million in NFTs stolen in apparent phishing attack on OpenSea users, okay? So Molly White, who runs a blog, Web3, is going great, uh, estimated the value of stolen tokens at more than $1.7 million. Now, OpenSea initially said that 32 users has been affected, but later... Revised, the number was 17, saying 15 of the initial count had interacted with the attacker, but not lost tokens as a result. The attack appears to be exploiting a flexible in a Winvern protocol, the open source standard underlining most NFTs smart contracts, including those made with OpenSea. Now, one explanation, the CEO, Devin, says, described the attack in two parts. First, targets sign of partial contracts with general authorization and larger portion left blank. With the signature in place, la uh, attackers completed the contract with a call to their own contract with transferred ownership of the NFT without payment. Uh, in a sense, the targets attacked and signed a blank check, and once it signed, the attackers filled the rest of the checkout and then took their holdings. Man, let me tell you, this decentralized new, new system is just amazing, isn't it? Like the NFTs and cryptocurrency, just top-of-the-notch type of stuff. Like... Beautiful. What do you think about this, Arch? What do you, what do you think about this? I, I, uh... I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk. I'll be honest with you. I, I like the. I like to make the funny noise when I see the NFT computer. That's it. And I think that's it. I think. Okay. I, I. I honestly. I honestly think that it will destroy gaming. Gaming as we know it will. Well, be Well, in the gaming market, NFT. I do believe it'll. 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 It'll be bad. Even though people are like, for, for artists, not in gaming. I'm not talking about an artist that makes a, a skin. Or something for for a game. I'm talking about an artist, an actual artist, someone that you so buy art the, from. The ability for people to steal and copyright people's works to, in order to sell it digitally will be out of control. No, I understand that, but what I'm saying, the only thing I see NFTs working well is for artists, for actual people that are art create art, right? If yeah, it's creating creating art is one thing, but calling your art NFT something completely different. The completely different. You do you want to make it? They want an NFT to be a digital product, right? That is own. sold between players, which is just that a, that a third party gets to make a fee for you for you for. If I sell it to you, the in between party gets a fee from me selling it to right. you, right? And then you keep it and invent the price. And if someone wants to buy that, then they get the fee from you. Now, it's just a way for us to trade trash with each other. And for them to collect fees on it, okay? They will collect the fee for selling it to you initially, and then every time you sell it to somebody else because it's attached to somebody, right. they get the fee for it. Well, it's so because basically, it's an, it's an unlimited money supply. Right. Well, you want to know garage sale crap going from person. You want to know person. what idiots also purchase an NFT <clears throat> so you don't feel bad about yourself, right? Uh, I want to see the suckers that are actually. Uh, Easy. I'm not saying that it's a good thing. What I'm saying is the only way I can see it working is with artists, people that create actual art and then sell it digitally, right? 
Like they've been trying to do that for years. Nobody like, wants to buy their that, stuff. That's the only thing I can see working. Now, NFTs, now if I tell then if I tell the guy to to make a backpack for my Apex Warrior, then right. then, then we know who the guy is. You get that backpack right. from Mark Smith. Mark Smith's the fucking shit. That backpack's fucking amazing. Meanwhile, Mark Smith's done Picasso's by memory with a fountain pen, and you don't give a shit about that piece of art. But that backpack in Apex is fucking amazing. Well, you, you're saying they don't endorse it, not even a little bit. Who's they? I know hundreds of people that are artists that are all aboard on this, and you're telling me you know artists that are not. That just sounds like life, doesn't it? 50% of the people like it, 50% of the people don't. I mean, because I know for a fact that artists love it because they can actually sell their stuff now uh, in, in a different form, even though no one's still purchasing them, right? But the theft, the, theft the, next, the next NFT story is that GameStop tries to claim internal fears about the shift to NFTs. Now, GameStop is embracing NFTs, and many of the employees worry that this will lead to anger among customers. But now the company is attempting to dismiss the concerns and some internal messages. Following the February 3rd announcement, GameStop is built, building an NFT marketplace on the Immutable X platform. GameStop acknowledged that it could anger some of the customers as part of the question and answer session of the store's associate, associate, uh, associates. GameStop store experience boss Christopher Harkness compared the early days of digital ownership tokens uh, previous tech uh, shifts like free-to-play and microtransactions. Now, one of the questions was, why are, why are we getting into NFTs and we have a struggle with GameStop's public image in the past and NFTs are widely seen as a scam and dangerous to environment due to the amount of energy necessity of the blockchain? Uh, Chris Harkness, the gaming, uh, the answer, he says that the marketplace is rapidly changing. And it, took, it looked back at some of the biggest shifts in the gaming culture. There are several innovations that really change the way that consumers con uh, uh, content. Shifting from physical to digital stores, drive DLC add-ons and microtransactions, streaming services, uh, the free-to-play phenomenon, the mobile gaming are a few that come in mind. NFTs and blockchains are the new technology many gamers but show that they may not be the next big evolution in gaming regarding the scams and en en energy concerns there's an opportunity for a company to overcome these challenges and make these steps in the evolution of gaming i don't see nfts in any way shape or form making gaming better than it is now right or in the past me playing a digital game that i don't own anymore buying a digital good that I own, but only own because the servers are up and running, right? Until they close the servers and then I still own it, think, but then I don't own it in the game anymore because I can't play the game anymore. Think what needs to be done in order. You gotta move your microphone, Sarge. You're like really soft. Think about what needs to be done for me to bring my NFT from Call of Duty over to Final Fantasy. It can't be done. That, that means the Final Fantasy developers have to put that fucking thing inside their game as well in order for me to bring it with me, right? Do you know how much extra work it would be for everyone to have to type in and code more garbage right. to bring it over to your fucking game? Your your stupid little dresses and stuff that you want to wear in a different game? It's fucking retarded, okay? It's, it's, it's at a level where you guys don't see it coming. It's like you driving into a brick wall. You see the brick wall, but you're like, I know there's a tunnel there. I'm going to go anyway. Like, no, right. there is no tunnel. You're going to smack into the wall. Okay, that's what's going to happen. You're going to smack into the wall. There is no feasible way for this to work. And if there is, if if all the developers are going to jump on board, that they're all going to make, hey, what thousand and one things do you have to make for your game this month? 
to to make sure that everyone can bring their stupid little dress or backpack into every game they play. Get the fuck out of here, right? It's making the games a platform. It's not about the game anymore. It's right. about a platform to sell digital product. Okay, we are turning the product into a store. It is no longer the product. It is a platform. Yeah, and that is the issue. That is the number one issue. I don't want to buy a platform temporarily to entertain myself. I want to buy a game that I like to play and keep because I like to keep my games that I like. That's that's what it comes down to. No, I hear you. Yeah, we're not we're not going that direction. We're not going that direction. I I I'm waiting to see what happens. Right, I'm I'll wait to see what happens. But if if this if this gets a foothold. And it's trying really bad. Oh yeah, they're, they're basically calling everybody who hates it. They're calling they're calling us all stupid that we don't know what we want. They're gonna tell us what we want. That's as soon as I heard that statement, right? I stopped listening to I stopped listening to EA, Ubisoft, Active List. They're, I just stopped listening to them. Period. They're trying to sell me on something I don't want to go for anyway. They're like, that, you don't know what you're missing with NFTs. You can own that gun in the virtual money, world. Bro. Why don't you want it? Thirty. You can make money, bro. Yeah, I can make you no. Can, you, the guns that you find in the yeah, game, you can no. sell to your friends and make money. I'm good. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm GameStop. Good. GameStop needs to die. The thousand people that are still holding on to their stocks because they think that stocks gonna go back up to five hundred dollars, right? Because it's still hovering around a hundred bucks, right? It's time, guys. It's time. Just let it die gracefully, right? Sell all your stock. Go buy Bitcoin. Go but, buy anything yeah, well, else. Don't take advice. Go, We're not. And let and let GameStop die. Just let them die. Sar Sarge is not a uh, consultant in any way, shape, or form. You can do what you yeah, want with your no. cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, you do whatever you want with your money. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a stock. I'm not a stock trader. All right. I'm just letting you know. GameStop needs to go, guys. That's it. Yeah. Let it go. Well, that's the end of the NFT corner. Who fucking thinks? All right. Next story. There's a horror game, Sarge. I don't play many horror games. Uh, Martha is Dead. That's the name of the game, by the way. Oh, this is a good story. Uh, PlayStation good story. cut the content uh, and, and because it was too graphical, too whatever. Okay. Now, a list of changes made to the PlayStation version of Martha is Dead has now been detailed. Earlier this month, it was announced that the game would be censored on Sony's platform while the historical uh, historical horror game PC and Xbox versions will remain intact. Now, IGN had now detailed the numerous cuts of, dis of the discussed uh, them with Martha is Dead developer and publisher and confirmed they came at Sony's request. PlayStation, meanwhile, declined to comment. Now, the changes are addressed below, including some of the disturbing details we have chosen not to include images or in the video. Now, on PS4 and PS5, two scenes have been changed so they no longer interactive. This includes a section of the fe uh, featured in the game demo where the player uh, character removes a woman's face with a knife and another where the player cuts open a woman's womb with a pair of scissors. Now, during one area, explicit yes. dialogue referencing masturbation has also been removed entirely, developer. LKA said that this change was due to the scene's location, uh, psychiatrist hospital, uh, psychiatric hospital, which was in context that has been considered inappropriate by Sony. Now, more detailed warnings of this game content have been added to the game at start of PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. You can also now choose to play a fully censored mode 
where the above interactive scenes are skipped entirely alongside two other scenes, which also show a miscarriage and suicide. Now, quote, the changes to this content were made in a result of conversations with PlayStation in the lead up of our launch. Now, publisher Wirepub uh, Productions said, although the changes were not planned and modifications did result in slight delay in being, being able to start production on a physical edition, PlayStation fully supported us to help us uh, minimize the delay. Now, PlayStation players can still experience the story we're trying to tell. Now, developer LKA added that this is a vast and complex subject and the changes that they've been made do not distort the game's experience. Sarge, what do you... Now, I obviously... I think this is fantastic. The game company can make a game whatever they want because that's the game they want I to make. I think this is fantastic. This is them trying to push the envelope. I fucking love it. Do you, do you think... I mean, Xbox and PC seem like they're okay with give, it. It's going to give kids nightmares for months. Well, they said that the developer did say this is an adult horror uh, game for adults. I 100% I, I agree. Right. But we all know what happens when you tell you try to sell an adult game for adults only. We all know what happens. Right. Right. Little kids get <laughs> nightmares for months. Well, I think it's fantastic. I, I was hoping a game like this would come along and push the envelope. I'm glad it was now. But do you think Sony, do you think, okay, I should say this. Obviously, the game company wants to make money. But do you think they should have sort of bent the knee to Sony to be like, okay, we'll change it instead of no. taking the integrity of their no. game away? No. You're you're an artist first. Right. You're an artist first. If the if the developers got together and said this is the kind of game we want to make. And by the way, it's just not people cutting open people for no reason at all. Right. The whole storyline is got to, it's, it's got context. It's a war. Yeah. There's a war going on. Like an actual war. And so people are doing the most horrific things possible. There's a backdrop to it. So immersing somebody in a mental state that you have to be when you're in that kind of universe, okay? Makes people think. It makes you think. That's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to. It's supposed to incite thought process in you. If you if if you're part of something you would never be part of normally, right? You're trying to experience something that you would not normally experience. And how would you react? And what kind of emotions would you convey if you were in that situation? That's what they decided, right? If they don't want to do it because it it breaches some kind of thing, then put a new label on it. Put it to the side and say, if you still want to buy it, go ahead. Right. Right. If you, but you can't blackball the artist's work just because they want it to be a certain way and you don't. Well, the, the company, I guess, did have an option to either change it or not, and then they wouldn't have sold it, right? I mean, we've seen Sony in the past say, we don't want to sell it then. In, in, this, in this day and age, you would find someone to want to publish that for you. Oh, sure. They'll find somebody. I mean, I'm sure, look, it's not going to, Martha is dead. It's not going to be a, you know, uh, the next Grand Theft Auto Five where it's selling, you know, 100 million copies. Right, it's it, it'll probably be a small niche anyway. Uh, people that love horror games, I mean, obviously, I I I agree to an extent where the artist should be the artist, and I do think that they have an option. And Sony asked them to do something, and they said, "Okay, okay." And I I kind of I'm okay with it as long as the company's okay with it. If it wasn't Sony saying, "Hey," Yeah, do this or or nothing type of thing, which it doesn't go it doesn't go into effect in the article. Uh, if the company was like, all right, we'll we'll make some changes, we'll cut the we'll cut the stuff out. I just feel I like to, I don't want to cut it out. I want listen. Right, if we're well, gonna push buy the envelope, on PC or buy it on Xbox. If, if if we're gonna push the envelope to where I'm gonna be wearing a virtual helmet and you're gonna you guys are gonna be doing all kinds of stuff to entice me to want to buy the virtual helmet, right? There's gonna be all kinds of stuff. We we you know the porn's coming. You know what's coming. Oh, it's but right just out. not right away. 
right? So someone decided to do the horror for the horror part of this first. And now we're going to play the, the morality clause, right? Well, we're going to play the morality clause now. Well, right? as to, so, uh, right. But it, like, like Tempest said, yeah, as I was but, just it's saying. but it's completely okay to hit hookers in the face with crowbars, pour gasoline on them, and let them on fire. Completely okay. Right. Look, right. look how far we've come. Yeah. Yeah. Look how far we've come. Right. You like something like that or decapitating people or running people over with a car or a plane flying yes, the buildings, you're it, right? But you're doing it in a video game, right? Not in real life. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, if, if you thought about, if you thought about lopping someone's head off, but didn't want to go to jail and someone gave me the opportunity to lop someone's head off in a video game, I think I might take it. I think, I think I take the, op the option of doing it virtually. This way I don't go to jail and I get my frustration out and everybody wins. Right. I don't walk around crazy with a knife right you have to let people express themselves we're all nuts we're all on different levels of, of different levels of morality and, and craziness right that's why there's religion to keep us in a, in a little bit more in the box you're supposed to have morals and scruples right you're supposed to have a, a, a leash on yourself you're supposed to have a leash right video games give you a chance to take the leash off every now and then and try something yeah that you wouldn't normally be able to try so an artist decided to do a very gruesome rendition of what it's like to exist in that time period, and they made a game. Yeah. Right? Are they risking something? Yes. All right? Is it probably going to be really hard on them to do it? Yes. Are they an artist? Yes. Do artists get picked on all the time for stuff that they do? Yes. So it doesn't matter. Just because the guys who are running the show currently don't like what they're doing and they're going to blackball them. I'm sure they're going to blackball them up and down. Does not mean currently right now that those guys will never get their game out. As a matter of fact, I think it makes their game more approachable. They, more approachable they want, they're going to want They're going to want to see it. Yeah. yeah. They're going to want to see it. All right. Next story. Real quick. Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Square Enix says that it undershot our initial expectations, says Square Enix. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy, I haven't played it yet. I own a copy of it, Sarge. Um, I'm going to play it. Okay, it's supposed it got great reviews and uh, and they say it it under underperformed. Well, this is two games in a row now that underperformed, right? Marvel Avengers from Square Enix underperformed, and now Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, which was actually a really good game, underperformed. Now, obviously, I I talked about this on my own stream. Do you think it underperformed because nobody wanted to play the game, Sarge? Do you think it underperformed because Marvel Avengers was such a bad game? when it came out and it's still broke to this day that people looked at that game and said, nah, that game was bad. So this game might be bad, even though it's not even from the same developer, but it's from the same publisher. Well, because they know the publisher makes the final say. They know that the publisher says how a game is going to be released based on what the money's going to say. Right. And, and, and the fact that we listen to the fact that it underperforms is, is an idiotic statement. Okay, we talked about this also in the past. If I try to sell a game, what I'm trying to sell is a piece of art, right? A certain number of people are going to buy it. A certain number of people aren't going to buy it. They don't like that art. They don't like what it is, right? So you're trying to make the best piece of art that covers the most, the widest swathe of people I can get to buy it, right? But you don't know, just like the guy you talked about earlier, you don't know why people buy it. You don't know why people buy things. You just understand that people bought them. Right. right? You don't know why they bought the game. 
Maybe they like it for a certain reason. Maybe they liked it because of the, the female characters in it. Maybe they liked it because you look like a ninja. Maybe they liked it because the colors were bright. And you like looking at bright colors. There's all kinds of reasons why people buy a game, right? So at this particular moment, when you're looking at that kind of game that's done that way, I don't, I don't believe for a moment that that's the way it's, that, that, that's the way it's going to pan out. You don't know. You I, don't know how much you're going to sell. I think, the, yeah, but I think the reason it didn't sell well is two twofold, right? I I know this is uh, this is hard. If you take 15 no, years nobody, away, nobody says it overperformed, right? No, no, no. say they over, overperformed. Yeah, yeah, it overperformed. No. Yeah, no, but if you take 15 years away of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? When Iron Man came out into theaters, okay, there hasn't been an X Men game in years, by the way, right? So X Men, when they're in a in a game like Ultimate Alliance or something like that, you still comic book related like those characters. You don't see like Hugh Jackman in Wolverine. But when Marvel created the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the it's been 12 years, 15 years. So the kids that were weren't playing games yet that are now playing games and they're used to everything of Marvel because now Marvel makes the comics based after the cinematic universe. They make them look like the characters and whatnot. When they first as, as you should right as, as you should when they first announced Marvel Avengers, the first pushback was, "That's not Thor. That looks like a bass player, like a the backup bass player of a, of a band, right? That's not Tony Stark. That's not Robert Downey Jr. They were upset because they didn't look like the MCU. Now Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and Chris Pratt is Star Lord. That's who he is, right? You see Chris Pratt, you're like that's Star Lord." Right? So they came out with a Guardians of the Galaxy game that wasn't after the Marvel Cinematic Universe and wasn't like the, the characters in Marvel, uh, Marvel Avengers. And people look at that right off the bat and go, ah, they don't look like... I know lots of people that didn't want to get the game because of the way the characters look. Now, obviously, in comic books, the, the artists change all the time and, and, and stuff like that. But the, but the artists don't change yearly. Right. No, but what I'm saying is... The, the, like the, downfall, the downfall of this game was, one, because the characters didn't look like the MCU. That's just a big... I think that's a huge reason. Of okay? course it's a reason. And then the other one is because Marvel Avengers underperformed originally. And they're like, ah, I don't know what that game's like, and I'm not going to give them money. And I have to say, bravo, I'm going to give a round of applause to you, the consumers, right? Even though this game got like a 9 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10, you didn't pre-order you didn't go out and buy the game. You, you didn't. You didn't give them your money before they proved proof in the pudding, right? This game came out and it's a great game, and a lot of people probably just didn't buy it because it's it's whatever. But they made a game. It was a complete game. It did sell. It got very good ratings. Okay, so the next game that that developer comes out with, the Montreal Edmonton Studio, okay, they will get credit and go. You know what? They had a good game last time. I'll give them a shot this time, right? They just got burned. It's like Solo in Star Wars, right? Because Last Jedi sucked in theaters, Solo sucked because of Last Jedi, not because Solo sucked by itself. Because Solo was actually a pretty good movie, but we judge it harder because of Last Jedi, right? And I think that's what happened here with, with um, you know, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but, but also, don't forget, you, 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 got, you have to look at this in two different ways, right? Back in the day when a movie came out, they could pump out a game in a year. Like before the sequel comes out, you got a video game based on your superhero. And that's why all the games that are based off of movies always sucked. 
Right. Okay. Right. Always they suck. Yes. They're just they're just trying to pump them out because there was a movie coming out and they wanted to attach the video game to the movie. We all know how this worked. I have played every shitty superhero game that ever was in the theater ever, ever. Superman sixty four yeah. ever. Okay. So <laughs> when you know that, and now you're in a period of time where it takes five to seven years to make these epic games that they want to make that encompass open world and all kinds of bosses and mechanics vehicles and superpowers right if the movie comes out in november and the sequel comes out four years from then i might see the game at the end of the third movie by the time they're done with the third movie right right unless they so were by, already working on a movie coinciding right, with already working on it so right. by that token if you know that you're basing your video game off of a franchise then for god's sakes make the guys look like the people from the movie that the people are buying their merchandise from right right that should be like step one, right? 15 years of the fucking Avengers. Like Avengers should look like the Avengers. Yeah. No matter what game you make. Right. But they don't want to put the money out to, to get those those actors, right? We'll but see how we'll you're, you're buying the rights for the likeness anyway we'll, in the beginning. We'll see we'll see what happens with uh with Avatar that comes out later this year from oh, uh God. from from uh you're talking, about the MM, you're talking about the MMO or the movie. Well, no, the movie comes out and also the game comes out. I don't know if it's this year or next year. But the game's gonna come out the same around the same time as the. Uh, I I think of the movie. I think of the video game Avatar, and I immediately think of crashing a gasoline trunk truck. into an air a truck into an airplane. Yeah. Like, what what's it gonna be? What do you what are you gonna do to Avatar to make me want to play it more than ten hours? I I remember one of the first games I ever got. On, what are you? What kind of mechanics on, are you gonna put in there on the Xbox 360? I think it was a 360. I rented Avatar from, um, was it Gamefly? Gamefly is the company where you rent the, the, the DVDs or whatever, the, the games. And I, that was one of the first games I rented. I played it for about 45 minutes and went, no, no. And I put it back in the package and sent it back the next day. And the next game I got was Mass Effect 2. And I was like, this is the fucking greatest game ever. But then again, I just played, I just played Avatar as my first uh, Game fly game. I, I cannot see what the game loop can be in Avatar to make me want to play it more than 10 hours. Be a looter, sir. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. The next, the next story. And, 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 it's not, and it's not a game, bro. They said it's an MMO. Yeah. Right? It's an MMO. They didn't say just a video game. We're playing an Avatar. And that's it. It's an MMO. So, you know, they, they had to pull a lot of guys from a lot of different games to make this piece of shit. Well, I just want to know if you're if there's factions, why would you pick the avatars over the guys with the, the mechs and the and the planes? We'll find out though. Next story. I'm sure, I'm sure we will. The next story is Spider-Man. Let me bring this up. Spider-Man. But this is not the Spider-Man you think of, Sarge. This is a man or a boy or a guy, not Spider-Man, but the person who created this, took the game, okay, and made an APK. Now this is free to download. There is no price on this. A person did this on his own, okay, introduced about Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Spider-Man. The original Spider-Man on console is one of the highlighted, light-hearted, playful Spider-Man-themed entertainment games that, that many people love. The Spider-Man in the game is not like the movie. He's also enough experience as an adult hero. The mechanism of swinging rope is also attractive as steps out of the movies. Now, it was also a space to live life as Peter Parker, meaning you're both a hero and a human and reveal the character's uh, underlying. Okay, now the gameplay, okay, is created. Spider-Man uh, 
Marvel's Spider-Man is an open-world game. Gameplay is quite simple. You play the role of Spider-Man, and there's a variety of different suits, which you can freely use to perform and tasks even given, uh, given by the game. The task here is simply chase the cars, criminals, and the roads, and use the spiderweb, uh, you know, then play Spider-Man in addition in the beginning of a hero to protect the city from evil. Okay, now Spider-Man, therefore, uh, not just a mere action chase game, but a narrative game in a very personal way. Now, the third-person perspective of the Spider-Man city appears large and completely open, allowing Spider-Man to use it can swing freely from building to building. Now, this... I don't know if this is done by Sony. I think a person created this game. I'm, like, reading through here. Okay? It's, it's literally created. And it's, it's the mobile game of Spider-Man. So if you have an Android phone, you can download this game for free and play Spider-Man on your mobile phone now. Now, I don't know how well it is, but it looks exactly, well, it looks like a, a cheaper version, I should say, of the Spider-Man version that we know of on the PlayStation. But how does he get away with this? Like, if this is not Sony doing he's going this. To jail. If this is Nintendo, he's going to jail. he would be in jail already. <laughs> if this I mean, is a Nintendo thing, he'd be in jail. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, who sent me this? Was this uh, Krebsy? Did you send me this? Is this is a, a person? Is it a troll? Is it a troll? Is this is this a person that created? Because the publisher is oh, it is Marvel. The publisher is Marvel, but they're giving it away for free, which is interesting. So, there you go. Marvel Spider Man is on your Android device. So if you never played through, I don't know if it's the one to one scale of the Spider Man game that you got on PlayStation. But uh, you have a Spider-Man game on your uh, your Android phone, so you can download this and play it. I thought it was a I thought it was a knockoff, but it's actually made by Marvel. So there you go. That's that's just more info, I guess. The next story. Yeah, some geniuses running around. Call of Duty 2023 will be por- reportedly be delayed. Okay. No, 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 not delayed. Skipped. Oh, just skipped. Yeah, there's no Call of Duty this year. Okay. Well, let me see if this is one. Okay. Activision refutes reports about Call of Duty 2023 report. Activision responds to a recent claim that the future of 2023 entry planned for Call of Duty series is put off for a year. So they are, it, I guess it can't be delayed if it's not out. That's correct. Right? So it's just, it's just. If I, if I make up a date, back. if I make up a date and then change the date, this doesn't mean it's delayed. Right. So two days ago, earlier today, the news broke that Call of Duty 2023 entry was taken off. Uh, that one-year break that the news uh, garnered mixed reception during towards the positive side of fans feel that the right move and Activision spokesperson has also responded to refute these claims. Now, first reported by Game Insider Tom Henderson and Jason Schreier at Bloomberg, Call of Duty was reportedly going to take a gap year and continue to support Call of Duty Vanguard and Call of Duty Warzone in 2023. It was also reported that Activision would find a product to release in the in the intervene, uh, in, in between if they were to really happen. Now, it also marked a first year without a Call of Duty uh, since 2005, and the story reported that Bloomberg was later updated to include the statement from Activision. We have, a, we have an existing slate of premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year, and beyond. Reports for anything otherwise are incorrect, and we're looking forward to sharing more details. There you go, Sarge. I mean, you said it earlier. You said it, you need to miss it, right? You need to miss it. Otherwise... It just gets stale and boring. So, do you think this is a good move? <clears throat> COD, first of all, Activision Blizzard owes us so many games at this point. I don't know what, what their story is. 
we don't have Diablo. We don't have Overwatch 2. Okay. We, we, uh, we don't have a StarCraft, any kind any version of StarCraft. We don't have any of the games that are, are the top marks for the company. Now, because of the abuse sexually, financially, COVID, being bought out by, by Microsoft, like all this stuff is still swimming around. Like, like just because we heard the story and we stopped talking about it doesn't mean it's still not affecting the company. The company's on fire right now, right? When you say Activision Blizzard, all I see is the small yellow dog in the room on fire, and he's saying everything's oh, fine. Yeah, yeah everything's right? fine. Yeah. That's all I see when you say when you mention the word Activision Blizzard. That's all I see because that's what's still going on, right? They haven't cleaned up their act. They didn't hire any new HR people. Bobby's still getting his cut. Like they're not picking any fucking games. Like what? What's happening over there? Like it's basically just the building's on fire. Like nothing's happening, right? So we have to wait until games are actually slated to release before you get excited about anything that Activision Blizzard has to say. Like, you actually have to release it. Like, not because you say you're going to release it. Like, it it actually has to exist. It has to be in market, out in someone's hand. Until then, I I don't hear anything. I hear nothing from them. All right, the last story. Uh, EA CEO, well, actually, it's second to last story. We have two short ones. EA CEO goes on. Uh, goes in on FIFA, four letters on the front of the box. So what this article basically says is Andrew or Android Wilson, okay? He calls out FIFA and says, look, if it wasn't for FIFA the game, your FIFA organization wouldn't be good. We don't need you because their contract ends this year, okay? In 2023, okay, or I'm sorry, in 2023 is the last year. Okay. FIFA 2023 later this year and beyond that, things are looking very dicey. A report from VGC quotes of Andrew Wilson words an eternal meeting and held in November 1st year shortly after the news became public. Now he says, I'm going to be more open more than I've ever been open with outside world. We've been in a great relationship with FIFA over the past 30 odd years. We create billions in value and, a, and it's huge. We've created one of the biggest entertainment properties on the planet. And I would argue, and uh, this may be a little bias, that FIFA's brand is more, more meaning as a video game than it does the governed body of soccer, which is a huge fucking statement to say, right? You're basically saying that if it wasn't for EA, no one would know what FIFA soccer is. Uh, maybe in America. I think it's the other way around. Yeah, the rest of the world knows what yeah, FIFA is. Maybe in America. There's a small percentage of people but in the rest America of the world, love right. they love FIFA. The rest of the world. Not, not the game. Right, soccer. the actual game of soccer, yes. right? Uh, uh, so him saying this, right? So he went on and expanded his notion that FIFA, the game, is more important than FIFA, the football governing body. Basically, what we get from FIFA is a non-World Cup year is the four letters of the front of the box in a world where most people don't even see a box anymore because it, they buy the game. Okay. Uh, he also goes on, says, obviously, it isn't about the players of the game, whenever Wilson says, but the player, the, about the football uh, footballers. They want their sponsors reflected in the game, and they also have a non-idea sportswear brands and, sport, and sponsors them. Normal players don't give a toss about the Reebok boots, okay, but being a FIFA, but Re, Reebok certainly does. So what Andrew Wilson is saying in this article, he's saying that we want to bring in more advertisers we want to bring in like because right now adidas is it you can't have nike you can't have reebok you can't have any all this stuff in the article he goes on and saying that fifa is stopping them 
from having Nike and Reebok inside the game, but fans are asking for it and they can't get it because of it. Right. right. So fans are asking for it. I got right. So what I'm getting here is that he thinks that if once FIFA leaves and they lose the, the, the rights to FIFA, that basically he's going to open the doors to anyone can advertise in it. But how is that going to work when uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. When the when players, EA, when EA no longer has FIFA and they're not licensed anymore. Right. How does, how does EA put the players of the real people in the, in the game? Right. Anymore? If I can't put the real names of the real players in the game, cause I'm not, I'm not paying licensing. Why am I anymore, playing your soccer game? Right. What, what it's just, it's just soccer, generic, right. soccer. it's just generic soccer. Yeah. You can't put other people's names in there that you didn't pay the license for, right? right. So what happens? What happens to FIFA? Right. That's my point. Like your whole ultimate team and everything is just gone. Well, gone. How, how, why do I buy packs if, if if the packs of the guys just have numbers on it's them? It's just generic numbers or generic names. Right. Right. How does that work? Instead of having uh, uh, especially Rolando, especially you have Morlando. Right. Especially if I'm a soccer hooligan and I'm looking for my own guys. Right. Now I can't get the guys I want because. You didn't pay licensing for where I'm playing generic soccer now. Do you remember so how does that work? Back in the time when you used to play baseball games and football games with non license. Remember I used to play Super NES football and they had like high school, college, and football and, and NFL teams, and it would just say Miami or it would say like Denver, and then you knew that seven was Elway, but it didn't say Elway. If, if you knew, right? If you were if you were right. an avid sports watcher, you knew the numbers of the players and the, they played the way that they played, but their name wasn't in there. Right. So, so is that what is that what EA is going to do with FIFA? Right. They're going backwards. Ronaldo, in time. Ronaldo's not in the game, but right. Ronaldo, Ronaldo will be Bonaldo. Right. Bonaldo would be the same number as him. He would almost look like him, but it'd be generic. It just see it. It seems like big talk from a guy who's about to lose a bunch of money. That's what the, a lot that's of what, money. That's, that's what it seems like to me. Because when, when, when EA loses FIFA as a license, and anybody can make a soccer game now. I don't think anyone plays FIFA on EA. I, I, really I don't. I, I think he's. I think he's boasting it up to make it seem like he doesn't need FIFA. But I'll tell you what, FIFA sales go down dramatically if FIFA's not on the box. And Ultimate Team, that they make billions of dollars, billions of dollars in microtransactions for card packs, yeah. that's completely gone because now you're just playing fantasy football look, with fantasy for? fantasy players. Right, right. Who, what guys am I going for? Who am I? Who am I spending money on? Right, you wouldn't, you wouldn't spend your money on anybody. So you take, if you take away the title of the card, then what am I buying the card for? Yeah, there'd be no point. So I, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with EA in the future here with uh, with FIFA and, and Android Wilson. See what he ha- what happens to him. Uh, one of the last stories, real quick. Activision CEO eligible. For over $22 million in stock bonuses in work culture improves enough. Okay. So not only... The basics basics of that article says this. Bobby Kotick, under the the flag of Microsoft now, if he improves worker morale and changes the dynamic of what's happening with Activision before they, they fire him, he'll walk away with $22 million in stock options. So do you think for a moment... That he's not walking away with $22 million in stock options? Of course he is. I like how he says he's eligible. The the statement is improve. Anything You could say anything to improve it. I hired four HR guys and fired the five guys that were whacking off in the can. Right? I've improved it. I'm I'm eligible now for my $22 million stock option. Right. Like, listen, 
before he leaves, by the way, his contract is still his contract. Just because Microsoft uh, bought him out doesn't mean their contract goes away. Right. If Bobby, we, we, we talked about this in the past. If Bobby gets fired, I believe the number was crazy. If Bobby gets fired, he gets $200 million. Yeah, or something yeah, that one, one, if, if he, if he quits, million or something like that. If he, if he quits, he gets two hundred and ninety-five thousand. If he quits, if I quit two ninety-five, if you fire me, two hundred million. Right? That's that's before the twenty-two million dollars I get for improving right. worker morale before I leave. It's a joke. It's joke. It, 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 it's funny to me that he's he shouldn't get anything. Like his work, the work. Like the work culture was like it was. They're like, oh well, if you make up for what you did, we'll give you twenty two million. He doesn't need the twenty two million. He should just literally fix the fucking company for free because he is making two hundred twenty two million dollar bonus. Right? It's 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 absurd, absurd. The amount of money this guy makes. This is, this is not. It's not even. It's not, this is not even a story. Basically, I'm waiting for him to be fired. That's right. all. I just want him to go. All right. He doesn't. He doesn't need to work anymore. I'm sure he'll join AT and T next. I'm sure. Or GameStop. No. No, you won't waste the time. <laughs> Bobby Connick takes GameStop to the next level, or he, or he joins EA. Joins EA. All right. That is it. Episode 299 is in the can. We do appreciate you coming out and watching and listening. If you liked any of this, uh, real quick, Big Mo, Big Mad Mo also resubbed with his Prime for 18 months uh, earlier in the show, about an hour ago. Didn't get to say it before. I appreciate you very much uh, for resubbing there. Um, if you if you miss any of this, you can watch after the fact over here on youtube.com slash 30 and still gaming. Uh, or you can listen to it after the fact on Google, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, iTunes, uh, all on any kind of uh, podcast format that you listen to your favorite podcast format. It'll, it'll be up there for you. Uh, other than that, we do appreciate you. If you'd like to support us in any way, shape, or form for free, you can hit that like button. It's absolutely free. You can hit that subscribe button on YouTube. It's absolutely free. You can hit that follow button on Twitch. It's absolutely free. And leave a comment down below. And if you want to go above and beyond that, you can hit the membership button for a little as 99 cents or $4.99 over on YouTube. Or you can also hit the uh, free button uh, for your Twitch Prime sub over on Twitch. Or you can hit the $4.99 subscribe button over on Twitch as well. We do appreciate you very much. This content is free. We're here every single Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you do like this, make sure you please share, like, and subscribe. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Take care. Game on, guys. They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.